0: Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. It's a Monday. It's a a Monday following a one-in-one week in basketball. I feel like I've said that a lot, but it is a one-in-one week in basketball. It's a Monday where it's one Monday away from the Monday that will be the start of the new beginning of spring practice for Scott Satterfield era of Bearcat football, and it also it is the monday before the NFL combine in Indianapolis a lot going on left right up down anywhere you look it's going to be excitement it's going to be a lot to talk about it's Bearcat it's juice it's it's time to bring in my guys my my pals everyone that knows everything about Bearcats whether it be football basketball baseball golf golf track and field anything you want let's bring them in, guys but not other Aaron Smith, Chad, Brendel, Ryan, Royer. gentlemen, how are we? Here. How, are, <laughs> how are we? Hey, Aaron,
1: how are we? All right. Just had a long day with little B, and uh we managed to avoid whatever tornado sirens were going off out here this way. So okay.
2: Yeah, well. And I asked that question uh today at the hospital. I was like, so uh you guys got a basement? <laughs> Do we just hang out here? Like are we are we are we satisfied with the structural stability all here on the 7th floor at Good Sam Hospital? They were kind of like I don't know. About <laughs> that makes out, you feel good. Yeah, it makes you feel great, doesn't it? Imagine that's how it all ends, like this story. <laughs> the tornado and good sam
3: well Um, ryan how are we mister i'm good always good to be here with y'all oh man golly always Uh, he says always always unconditional unconditional (laughs) well
0: you know i i tell you what that storm came through you know the the indie area the the, the area where my office is and and it, it it wiped us out took the power out broke things down for a while everyone had to go home so it was uh it was a little scary for a second but overall it was uh, a it was a means to an end to the workday had to go home and finish the day up at home so I I didn't complain too much at the end of it
2: yeah that sounds terrible
0: <laughs> Aye, yeah yeah but hey, you know what it, it, it broke a few things I'd imagine the the internet was broken. Different different sides of angles were broken. I you know, I, I think if your car breaks down due to the weather, you could probably get it towed over to Danco Transmission and Auto Care. I have a boy, uh, Mr. Mr. Danco Joe, check it out, see what he can do, get you all fixed up, head over to Danco Transmission and Auto Care and, and, and mention Ryan Royer, mention uh, Scott Satterfield, mention the bear the BBP, BCJ, and uh get ten dollars off your next over change, 10% off your next. Service down there, Danco Transmission and Auto Care. And guys, uh, I guess we got to start at the top. Most most recent news coming out on Sunday was another thrilling, frustrating roller coaster ride of a basketball game. I, you know, two games happened this week. We'll, we don't need to touch on Temple too much, obviously, because we've had podcasts and numerous different things since then. But it would be a lot more fun to rehash. The temple game than it would be to uh, rehash this Memphis game. But either way, the final 76 73. The Tigers come away with the uh, last victory in this here rivalry. I guess we call it a rivalry. I saw that, that name get tossed around a lot. I don't oh, know if you guys. definitely a rivalry. It, you consider it a rivalry?
2: Absolutely. It dates back to like the 50s. Like, yeah.
0: Okay. I'll give it rivalry. But for me, it's just, it it, it, it really is a Xavier, maybe, for me when it comes to. Basketball rivalries, but that's also so- a rivalry. That's what I just said, Xavier. Yeah. For me, that's that's where the rivalry begins and ends for for Bearcat basketball. that's way.
2: UC's only rival.
0: And I, for me, like level up. It, yes, I w- I'll consider Memphis like a rivalry, but like a secondary rivalry, not not the 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 cream de la creme that is the cross town shootout. If you if you get what I'm saying at all, that's a, that's a weird take for you. Why? I, I mean, I I feel
1: like it's a it's a good rivalry. Penny yeah. didn't beat t- Penny didn't beat Cincinnati the entire time he played
0: for Memphis. He lost four straight times. Oh, he he beat them once. He won. One. He lost six seven like times. One seven. Yeah. So so yeah. I, no, I agree. It, it yes. There's it's historic. It's a rivalry, but I don't know. I I, I put the cross shoot on a level higher. You know. I I guess you throw in other other games there, but yeah. I yes, it's a rivalry, but I I'm not saying as much as it is like with the crosstown shootout, I guess it's
2: right up there with Louisville. I'd say,
0: right. Okay. I, I guess what I'm saying is like when it, when it boils down to say like Kentucky and Louisville, and then you have Louisville and Cincinnati, you know what I'm saying? I, I think Louisville fans would say, whatever we're getting side point.
3: But anyway,
0: <laughs> first half happens. And, and that's probably the most frustrating first half of, of basketball this season. For me, at least, I don't know how you guys felt through it. Uh, the, the main thing, obviously, would be the turnovers. And I want you guys to tell me how many turnovers you thought there were in the first eight minutes of the game, first seven minutes and, and 27 seconds for the Bearcats in this game. Two? One or two? There was one. A total okay. of one. It was that Victor Locken travel on a reverse layup, which I thought was questionable as well. But... That was that the only turnover. Right. That was the only turnover. And then after that, I, I mean, Chad, Aaron, Ryan, what, what what happened after that? Chad, you kind of mentioned it last night a lot. Alex Lomax happened. Lomax happened, yes. Uh, the rest of the first half, there was 10 more turnovers in the final 12 minutes. That's yeah. something you can't deal with. Yeah, I think they got out-physicaled.
1: Uh, Memphis, Memphis just did what they wanted defensively uh, in regards to taking the ball. Like Cincinnati just never really adjusted to the way the game was being called. And they could have done the same thing on the other end. They just didn't. They were playing a little softer than Memphis was defensively. And Memphis wasn't afraid to get their hands in there. It wasn't being called. So I think that's a little bit on Cincinnati for not adjusting to the way that the game is being called. And maybe that gets called on Cincinnati. Maybe it changes the way things are being called on, on
2: Memphis, but it simply wasn't being called. Yeah. I Agreed. I mean, Memphis didn't have a turnover until the final segment of the first half. <coughs> Cincinnati did not really in any way, shape or form in that first half, impose their will on Memphis. Which was clear in the in the score at halftime. Which honestly, it felt like it should have been twenty. Like the fact that they were only down eleven, I was like, that's kind of a miracle, because it felt like it should have been much much worse given that final twelve minutes of the half.
0: Ryan, what did you see? We 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 haven't gotten your account of the, the whole first half of the uh, that game down there at FedEx Forum.
3: I mean I think you guys just hit the nail on the head and you can't you're not going to get away with you know like I think you you guys are going back and forth rivalry you could call it what you want but you're not on the road um that that caliber of a team you're not going to be able to get away with all those mistakes over and over and over I mean a couple of mistakes is one thing in a rivalry game but what is it? What they finish with? Twenty turnovers. Twenty turnovers. Yeah. Twenty turn. You're not going to win those kind of games. I mean, it's just the sa- it's same thing. Like, oh, they just a couple things differently. This team would have a win. Just a couple things differently. This team could be looking at a shot at the at the tournament. But it's just the same same shit. Different day sometimes with these guys. I, I, I mean, the worst
0: thing about the turnovers in the first half were that, you know, the, the the 10 that came in the last 12 minutes, five made baskets on a fast break came out of those 10, out of 10 of them. And then uh, another offensive rebound with with everyone scrambling and they kicked it out for a, uh, for a three-pointer. So, you know, you're talking, I, I believe it was 14 second half, second chance points off the turnovers due to one was a foul and, and Hardaway made one of two free throws. But still, when you're – when you're getting pick sixes, pretty much five of them, uh, that's going to be enough to get you touchdowns. into a pretty big hole. Yeah, that could turn you into a pretty big hole. But uh, I, I don't know, Did you, Aaron. You mentioned it was you felt like it was kind of out physical. And yeah. is is that how you guys feel that like like it was kind of a were they not ready for the game? I, I mean, the first, I guess you can't really say they weren't ready for it because I mean it was tied up. The first, you know, five minutes, or so minutes It was 12 to 11
2: when Lomax got those two steals. I think right. they, like, they just got hit with a uh, an avalanche in the middle rounds and stumbled around for the next 20 minutes. Like, they were fine the first two segments. They were fine the last two segments of the second half. Mm-hmm. But in between, they were a disaster for large stretches of, of play in both you know, the, the last eight minutes of the first and the first 12 minutes of the second, they were outplayed, they were out efforted. I don't know that I don't know that they were out physical per se, because they won on the glass. But like Aaron and I talked about last night, when you talk about functional toughness, and Ryan knows this, it's not getting in there and, and starting a fight, it's keeping your cool when things go a little bit wrong. And I thought yeah, I thought when things started to go a little bit wrong, they they didn't fold because they would have got they would have been down 20 if they folded. Right. They, got the they just weren't yeah. tough enough to stop what Memphis was doing to attack them when Memphis was playing defense. And they would they would get out to 13-14. Cincinnati mm-hmm. would would snap back into it. They wouldn't turn it over for a couple possessions. They'd get it down to eight, nine. And then boom, two turnovers, four points, five points, whatever. All that work they did to get it back into reach. And now they're down 14 again. And it was like, come on, guys. Like, you have to understand they're they're using the speed advantage that they have with Lomax and Davis on the floor. And you haven't adjusted. And you, you like, I don't know if they got into their head or what the case may be, but that look with Davis and and Lomax on the floor uh, just ate Cincinnati alive on the offensive end.
0: Yeah, I I mean, they defended their asses off, Memphis did, for especially that first. I I mean, they caused 20 turnovers, but did feel like that from 12 minutes in through the halftime, they let it 16 at one point, I believe, and it was just kind of a a clinic being put on by them where – you would, you would see the two guards, both at like six foot or, you know, probably a generous six foot. And you would think in your mind, well, that should match up pretty easily with, you know, Dave and, and Micah in the back court. But that wasn't the case. They were, they were kind of what, off ball turnovers, if you will, just kind of peeling Fireball off their, man, right. But like peeling off their guy to, to come snatch it from behind or peeling off their guy to kind of, you know, cut through yeah. a passing lane that they, that the Julius thought was there or, Landersot was there. It just it was over and over again. And it was really frustrating to see because you kind of saw this team start to start to click a little bit against Temple. I thought Temple game was like a great game on both sides of the court by both teams. I thought it was awesome offense. Everyone was hitting down open shots. I thought it was kind of one of those back and forth games where it was just a really good college basketball game. And this one in the first half, it just felt like Cincinnati was constantly shooting themselves in the foot and taking themselves out of the game yeah yeah which concur and, which goes <laughs> with that 11 point halftime lead and uh i guess you could say that that once you get to that point it's it's hard to come back from that um you know you, like like you said you they, they kept inching away in the second half chipping away and then memphis would would go on a quick run or, or cause a turnover to to go on a quick run in the second half just could never fully overcome it uh I don't know. A couple of key plays, though. Uh, we, we've got to mention here turning point second half. Cuts hit to six. Nate says this, uh, and then there was a three point attempt by Jeremiah Davenport that that did end up in an air ball. I think I, I think that's something where we're the team is kind of used to seeing that type of a play and, and understanding that it, it might happen and being able to overcome it. But yeah, you probably don't want to see that type of a shot. In the second half, not really any movement, not really anything to help you boost forward. And it, it like we said, led to that Memphis push to extend the lead back out. Um, I don't know. But I, I guess what were some of the deciding plays down the stretch for you guys that kind of saw, well, hey, Cincinnati is making this comeback, but this happened or that happened that kind of put an end to the comeback?
2: You missed the front end of two one and ones in the final ninety seconds. Yeah. One of them to get you back to four and the other one to get you back to two. Like, you know, you're 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 playing your asses off at that point. You've got momentum. And they piss they, they pissed down their leg as as coach go thirty would say. Moment was too big, not an athlete. Pissed down your leg.
1: That's what I said last night. Um, I think about five minutes left in the game. They decided, oh, we can just steal the ball the same way Memphis has been doing all game, and they finally decided to play the, the way the game had been called the entire game. Um, so I was a little frustrated with that. Also, they didn't turn the ball over in that last five minutes. Like Cincinnati last eight just, minutes,
2: they had one turnover.
1: They, they just decided, oh, we're gonna we're gonna take care of so the think ball. Think about now. that.
2: Think about First what eight
0: minutes the last eight minutes. Yeah,
2: two turnovers. Two turnovers in sixteen minutes. And the other twenty four minutes, they had eighteen. Woof! Ouch! And and I don't think
0: in that in that turnover, the final eight minutes, would, did that turn into points? Do you know? Because if not, uh, it that's, was
2: it was a charge from Odie.
0: Oh yeah, so no, it did. Well, I, I mean, it if it did, live it wasn't ball. a yeah. yeah, it
2: wasn't a live ball.
0: So, I mean, you look at it; that's theoretically twenty four points off turnovers in between that twenty four minute stretch as well, yeah. which is. It's a point of minute for those who are not so quick at maths. Oh, you're you're pretty good at the maths things. You're welcome. I'm proud of you. Uh I'm here, and I, I'm here for that. You know, it's 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 interesting you mentioned the free throw because obviously you you send Micah and you send J D to the line. Both have been great after throws this season. Yeah, you should uh, feel you
2: pretty know. damn good about that. Those are your two best free throw shooters. Well, two best like I think you know, trust going yeah, to the line right. in that situation. Like, you think they're going to go knock them down?
0: Both are over eighty-three percent from the line. JD yeah. was over eighty-six percent from the line. I, you know, and you you look back to that Temple game, and I it, I swear this is a Cincinnati curse somehow, some way. They went twenty-eight for thirty in that game against Temple uh, from the free throw line. That's that's you knew it was going to come back and 43%. haunt them
2: against right. Memphis. Absolutely.
0: It's like this. The, this fruit tastes too good. This fruit will not be available on Sunday, <laughs> and it sure enough, it, it, it truly wasn't. And uh, you know, it, it, and even the Micahs I, like that one and one came after Landers kind of forced a three at the top of the key. The airballed. Micah was yeah. right place, right time. Got fouled from behind, and it kind of felt like okay. Well, this is a gift given to us after a poor shot. So see if they can't knock this down, but again missed the front end of the one on one i don't know and then it comes down to uh the the end of the game which i mean i don't think you know obviously the david de julius baseline out of bounds play i, I you got to fire that up right away the second that you catch it hesitated and and the block that came that would have yet again cut into the lead but still you're right there at the end of the game where you turn the ball over twenty times, and for the most part, you don't really play very well. Um, you had a couple of really good stretches, but aside from that, didn't really play very well. Does that? Does I, I know Coach West never likes talking about silver linings or anything. I mean, this is the end of the season. There's no reason to pull for any silver linings right now. But it, it, I guess the fact that they didn't wilt away and it, it didn't, you know, give up when they simply couldn't even figure things out in the first half for the most part. Should be something to kind of look at a little bit towards the rest of the, uh, you know, game on Sunday, and then heading into the to the postseason. What's a moral victory do for you at this point in the season, though? Like nothing. That's what I just said. But I'm, I'm, it's I'm something to look at. Yeah. When adversity I, strikes in the <laughs> in the postseason, maybe you. I mean,
1: for me though, it's still just maddening that they can't win the big game, right? They can't beat yeah. a Houston. They can't beat a Memphis. Right? You we, you win one against Temple. You lose one against Temple. You win one against Tulane. You lose one against Tulane. So, okay. the the top teams in this conference have pretty much had their way with Cincinnati. Yeah,
0: and, and and you want to mention the UCF games, but I mean UCF seven and nine in conference, and they, you know. They're two of their three wins in the last – oh, gosh, how, how many games is this? Seven plus in their last ten games. Two of their three wins in the last ten games came against Tulsa. So it all the rest are losses except for one win at Wichita State. So at, how good truly are those wins against UCF? I mean, I don't think they carry as much weight as their, you know, Ken Palm recognition quite does. So I don't know. It's it's frustrating, man. There's there's no doubt about it because there is no really quality signature type win to to walk away with. Looking back at the at the entire schedule this season,
2: uh, no, that's that's the most frustrating part. I mean, well, I mean, but beating Tulane like you can't keep moving the goalposts. Tulane is in second place in the conference. Cincinnati beat Tulane. That's a right. good win. Yeah, like beat temple was at the time in third place in the conference Cincinnati mm-hmm. beat temple oh, went, yeah. that's that's a good win like you, you can offset it you can offset everything a million different ways but like they have a couple wins on the season that that they weren't supposed to get they go down to UCF and they beat UCF uh, and when they were underdogs like that's not a, like nobody's throwing a parade
0: right right
2: but you, you do have some good wins are they mm. great wins no but you do have some good wins that they've accumulated towards the end of the season when a year ago, the end of the season saw this team crumble, crumble. yeah, and fall apart. And this yeah. year they've finished, I wouldn't say strong, but they've they've they're not limping to the finish line. Yeah. They at least have like a a brisk jog yeah. to the yeah. finish line. They're not running. Right last but, year, but, last year
1: they weren't even limping. They were in the death cart, yeah. being being carried. Well, <laughs> right. It, well, you but remember they, last somebody, year,
2: somebody shot them with a sniper rifle seven <laughs> games from the end of the season, and they just lay there on the on the street and died.
0: Well, well, last year we were talking about some silver linings in like a close loss at SMU and a and a strong effort at Houston and a thirteen point loss, like. Right. Those are, like, things that we were trying to, to hang our hats on. Like, well, they played Houston tough, and they still didn't
2: do great. But that's also right. because at, they were losing games by, like, 35 right? at right. times so, last year as well.
1: Mm-hmm. So glad Brian got where I was going with the death cart. <laughs>
0: huh.
2: But, yeah. yeah, like, it's not – nobody's making excuses. Nobody's, you know – uh trying to sugarcoat anything. Yeah. Where they're at should be better. They should be in a position right now to have 23 wins. you know, maybe more than that. But shit happens. You know, they they lost two of their top seven or eight guys for the pretty much the whole season. They lost Vic in a critical stretch for two weeks, uh, when you when you had a couple games that you probably should have won and you lost. Like that's sports. That's That's how shit happens. But you also have to be objective enough to look at them and say, okay, yeah, here's the bad stuff. We talk about the bad stuff. And then you talk about the good stuff as well. And that that, to me, that just doesn't include, yeah, you beat the number two team in the conference, uh, but you also lost to them. So then that win doesn't count. Then no, we're just stop counting wins. Uh, when when it's convenient to toss them aside, like I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not down with that. Like that's like telling Ryan uh, that win against uh, Miami when Malik Clemens somehow magically <laughs> was throwing a football to walk oh into the end God. zone. Yeah. You should that game doesn't count.
1: Look, I'm just don't... saying, I'm just saying, against the top teams in the in the conference. Hey, Aaron, I know
2: what you're who, saying. You said it over sits. and over, but they beat those teams. They beat. Some of those two and, teams. 2 and 6 is not good. I didn't say it was good. I'm saying you don't get to just say that those don't count. I was the at, other lo- because the losses happened. You're saying you've said this last picture. night and today. Tulane doesn't count because they all, they split with Tulane. And I, I, I'm um, Temple picture. doesn't count because they split with, with Temple. Those wins don't count. I'm saying but big they picture. Happened. I it.
1: big picture they were not good against top teams in this conference. Period and dot.
2: That can't be argued. Uh, It can be argued. They were good. They just didn't win games at the end. They were good enough to be up on Houston by 16. They were good enough to be up on on Tulane by 16 at Tulane's place. They didn't close out the the games. That is an issue that we've continued to talk about. But it's not like last year, which is what we were comparing it to, when they were losing those games by 15 to 20 points and never really being in – in consideration for most of
3: them. They're, the most big, mix. they're a right. teaser team this year. That's why kinda, I really yeah. wanted that. I wanted that win uh, Sunday. Cause I, I just felt kind of like kind of a little bit of, you could feel the tides coming in a little bit. Um, I thought that would be the real like identifier that, okay, they really figured some stuff out, but mm-hmm. in the same old fashioned you. It's easy to get back into it at the end of the game to let you know they still have uh, what it takes to keep you on that ed- edge of your seat. But still, you look at it, you're like, yeah, like that. That maybe if you don't turn the ball over 20 times, we can win that game.
2: This <laughs> team was this team was just the tip.
3: <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> yeah, oh, that's it. Bit. No more no more
2: no more <laughs> yeah, I,
0: so so which is which is so interesting that you bring it up because now you think about it just the
2: tip it's so interesting that i bring up just the tip
0: well no just the uh, fact that like <laughs> you when know, you're down you're down big and you just like try and try and get out but you can't figure a way out to, but anyway i no, i was trying to go with your flow there but i, I really can't touch that right now but uh, you know the 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 fact that kind of they were the ones that were able to build leads and have them get taken away. It seemed like it happened every single game for the last month. Well, you kind of see, you saw that change at Memphis, where Cincinnati got down big, and then they were the ones able to stage a comeback, and, and at the end have the ability to come away with some sort of a you know, miraculous type win when their backs are up against the wall. So you know they've they've shown that they can do it every way. Where like, what, what whether it be UCF coming back from a ten point lead. And then all of a sudden, you know, losing and or, or you know, winning when they were able to tie things up with two minutes left. Now here is a situation where, you know, the team has been able to, to come back from that deficit in the second half, but not not able to fully get over the hump. So, um, I don't know, they've, they've shown they can compete, I guess you can say, in all different forms over the last, you know, couple of months, but not necessarily pull out the win in the end, uh, which is, I guess, the next step. You know, that's you know, maybe that that is the next step. You know, I think I think Brian uh, Johnson made a good point in the chat saying like that. A microcosm of the whole season was that it's hard for the team to sustain momentum, which I I think that's entirely true. And I, the the fact that you kind of win one, win two, and you're feeling like you get that one next big win, and then you can just blast off. You know what I mean? And instead, it was. Win one, win two, then then you trip up. Then you win one, and you feel like it's starting to come back, and then you trip up. Win two, and you have a really good first half, and then a bad second half happens. It it just seems as if the the steady flow of of stringing things together just wasn't there. And I'm with I'm with Ryan. I, it was a constant tease throughout the whole season where you I, you felt like they were getting ready to just just go over that hump and and really have a strong strong close to the season. Which I mean, necessarily I. It's not a bad close to the season, but just not quite the over the hump. It's been like this team all
2: season, essentially average, a little above average, but ultimately pretty mid, right? Yeah, pretty mid.
3: Mid city. I'm
2: I'm not. I'm not paying fifty hundred for this for this season. (laughs) Ain't no way. (laughs) Twenty five fifty. Yeah, I'll probably pay 2550 <laughs> for this season. I'm pay paying fifty hundred. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I just, you know, I think you do have to to keep it all in proper perspective. Ultimately, Aaron's right. Like they went two and six against the teams above them. Yeah. Yeah. That's not it's not good enough. But but
0: they're picked what, preseason third?
2: They're pick preseason third, they're going to finish fourth. Right. Essentially. And if they would have beaten Memphis, they would have finished third.
0: And that was with Tulane kind of having a a pretty surprise kind of making that next step season where yeah. a lot of teams thought that they were going to be right there to potentially make that next step, and then they did. And now here we Houston, are.
2: Houston, Memphis, Cincinnati, Tulane just made a jump. On the back of, essentially because they beat Memphis twice. Yeah. But then they lost more questionable games, really, than anybody else did.
0: They lost to Tulsa. Right. Do you know how bad Tulsa is?
2: Dreadful.
0: is one of the worst teams in the country.
2: Dreadful.
0: Tulane lost to Tulsa. Tulsa had to throw a Guinness Book World Record-setting pizza party before the Tulane game to get enough people there to push them to a victory. That's a little fun fact for you if you want to take that to your AAC you know, yearbook, but, uh, yeah. Was, uh, Tulane has a loss to Tulsa. I mean, we lost at ECU. I, I don't know. Not as bad as, as Tulsa, but still it's a.
2: ECU at least has a pulse.
0: Right. Right.
2: That Tulsa team is dreadful.
0: Yeah, they are.
2: Like you, you heard Dave's thing, right? Like, what? I will give you a million dollars and you don't count because you wrote the preview. And so you had to, to look at them, but a million dollars. If you can name three players on Tulsa's team, I couldn't name one. Right. <laughs> Do you remember three players on Tulsa's team from that preview you wrote months ago?
0: I I could name two.
2: Right. So you still, you did extensive research on them. In their coat. You wrote a 4,000 word article. And you can only name two players. 20,
0: 2,200 roughly. Yeah, it took me hours because of exactly that reason. They didn't know any of them, but yeah, they, they also uh,
2: took you hours because you're at twenty two hundred words.
0: Do you know who who their coach even is?
2: No, I got no idea.
0: There, well, well, there, there should be coaches with Penny Hardaway on the Memphis staff, but. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. It's a. It's one of those seasons as well where you kind of look in the mirror and say, "Hey, you know what? We did put up competitions against all these teams, and now here is the conference tournament where, you know, anything can happen." Um, I'm not going to sit here and, and and say that I I'm going to bet that they anything is possible. Right. I'm not going to place a so monster you're wager. A yeah, so you're saying there's a chance. Yes, you're saying there's a chance. But I, you know, it, come on, it, Lloyd. There's, there's been crazier things that have happened than somehow them figuring things out right at the very end and, and pulling out the wins instead of the tough losses and stringing together some things. That I, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see.
2: I see my, my thing for this team. This team was the like the exact polar opposite of the 2018 football team. And okay. and what did we talk about that entire 2018 football season? Was that they were skipping a step? Yeah. Because in in reality, that team of 2017 should have been one in eleven. <laughs> yes. Awful. It was an awful oh season. God. Awful. Awful. Yep. So you you look at it from that perspective going into 2018. Like, everybody was like, man, just get to a bowl game. Like, it'd be ecstatic if this team can get to a bowl game. And there were probably, what would you say, Ryan, at least three games that you you probably should have lost. Or, like, you, you weren't the better team in three of the wins. But somehow, you guys just kind of found momentum. And the fact that you didn't know how to win as a group didn't really mean anything to you like you just kept finding ways a lot of them because James Wiggins just for some reason that season like yeah. people started throwing the ball at him and and that you know with uh, the game on the line
3: Should but they beat OU, they no. they lost that game that's for sure yeah
2: <laughs> and there were a couple in the conference that were like eh, skin of their teeth SMU
3: was a close one and yeah. then i mean then the Virginia Tech the Hayden Moore special can't expect that but no. So
2: I mean that <laughs> team very easily could have been a seven or eight win team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you guys caught the breaks. And then I don't I don't know that it was anything more than just like the luck of how things happen sometimes where the ball bounced your way at the end. Or, you know, you had an NFL guy in the back end that really had his coming out party that season, mm-hmm. uh in wig. Like you and and you had a running back that just by the end of the game everybody else was tired of crashing into him yep and you found a way to to tough out a couple of those wins and this team hasn't been able to do that like they've just been on the wrong side of too many of these coin flip games and a lot of times it is just coin flip like you can you can point to coaching and execution and a million different things, but sometimes it's a guy jumps up and, and hits a shot that he never hits. Yep. And and makes it over good defense and and your defense got what it wanted. You got the, the ball into the hands of the guy you wanted to get the ball in the hands of, and he, he jumped up and hit a shot. And and your guy that you wanted to get the ball to, and, and you know, there's been a couple of these games where the ball moves great, it finds Landers or it finds Dave. And they take a good shot with, you know, 30 seconds left that could push the lead out to four or five or whatever and put a nail in the coffin, you win the game, and we're having different conversations right now. For whatever reason, that 2018 found the way to win. This 23 Bearcat basketball squad has found themselves in those positions. And more often than not, unfortunately, they've not been able to pull it out.
0: Yeah, I, and, but but here we are with with two weeks, kind of away, until the start of the uh, AAC tournament. You know, Vic Lock kind of he was he was back again in that Memphis game, but doesn't seem like he's fully back to the uh, to the level Didn't of right. He, right, the level of confidence he had before. Uh, although that that little prayer three at the end is, you know, a lot of a lot of Vegas betters are, are are thanking him quite a lot for that. Uh, he almost fair. had the
1: steal, though. He almost yeah. had the steal to to get him back in at the very end.
0: The two yeah. point, yeah. It was uh, man, it's it, it's tough. And then I don't know. You mentioned, of of course, the uh, fact that you know they're they're right there in all of these games. Well, you know, maybe maybe the water finds its level and they do pull off something crazy, and and see what happens there. Because you got a whole week off until you play SMU at a, at home senior day which will be probably as interesting of a senior day to watch who walks and who does I I don't even know what kind Dave of game last year
2: I wouldn't put too much right into exactly
0: that. I was going to say cuz you know I I you look back at football a bunch of people walked and then still you know came back for that that next season so it kind of was still you know, the good. most
2: shocking development ever is that Ryan Warrior didn't use his covid year yeah still well, I thought it was you, man
0: I thought it was pretty crazy seeing Mamadou on the senior night festivities, and they just the decided he had graduated. Yeah, I was like, "What? He's like a sophomore, pretty much." But <laughs> there he is, walking across and heading to where did he go? Northwestern State or something? I don't know. East Tennessee? Or something, whatever. Anyway, but it, we'll have to see uh, because uh, the team has a lot going for them. They they seem to have confidence at times, and I mean, at that Temple game, you saw different players step up at different moments all throughout the game. And when you can put all that together in one, you kind of just see what happens. Um, Yeah. You know, they aren't aren't stumbling down the stretch like we mentioned last season. They're still hanging tough. They're still fighting. You know, they face a tough rival at Memphis. And and you know what? Memphis kind of had their backs pushed up against the wall towards the end of the game, and they were able to pull out on top. You know, I imagine all the Memphis fans freaking out, if they, if they ended up losing that game, talking about how, oh, wow, we might not make the tournament now. Our bubble might, might have just gotten burst. We have to beat Houston on Sunday in order to have a big, you know, a chance to make it in a that large team. So, you know, they had a lot riding for them in that game too. So, and, and it goes both ways. They've got, a, you know, what is he, 29 DeAndre Williams played really well. You know, Kendrick Davis will win back-to-back AAC players a year. So, you know, it's a it, it was a tough game to win. But still, they didn't. They, they didn't wilt.er They didn't falter when when they gave up the ball so many times, and they were right there at the end with a chance to somehow pull out a win. They just they just came up a little bit too short. So, um, I don't know. Just get ready for Sunday, and then all of a sudden, you've got AAC tournament the week following. We'll obviously touch on that more uh, on next week's episode. But looking as of right now, probably either Temple or UCF. Slight outside chance of Wichita State sliding in there. Uh, Temple would have to lose both games.
2: I'm expecting it to be Temple.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Because I think Wichita would have to beat a pretty good team.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, Yeah, Wichita would have to win at Houston and then come up with a win on Saturday. And then UCF would would have to beat Temple, which is possible. And then Temple would play again at Tulane. So Temple could lose both games. UCF could then... Hop up somehow, so one of those three teams, and then you do play most likely Houston in that second round. So we'll have plenty more to talk about on that one uh, next week. But anything more as far as this basketball, you know, week that was, I think you saw a lot of good things throughout the week. To be honest, um, especially out of Daniel Skillings. I, I think he showed the reason to, to to have some some big time promise for him. Especially with a with another full off season leading into next year, especially in that game against Temple. He he had some big flashes. Uh but yeah, anything else on this week out of you guys? No. Nope, 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 nope. Well, might as well timestamp it.
2: That is the quick paper supply timestamp. Brought to you by our good friends at Quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. Quick Paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly, low minimum, next-day deliveries. Providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom-printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick at 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. Boom. Go.
0: Quick paper supply. Well, guys, football. It is, uh, it is here. It is ready for us. Um, and it's uh, whether you're ready or not. It's uh, spring ball coming up in a week. The uh, filling of those vacant coaching spots happened pretty quickly. Uh, the biggest one to truly touch on was Brad Glenn of Virginia Tech, uh, quarterbacks coach and passing game coordinator. Comes over as the offensive coordinator for the Bearcats. Uh, Chad, Ryan, Aaron, thoughts on Brad Glenn? Chad, I'll I'll kind of pass it to you first on kind of just the connections, obviously, that he has to Satterfield and and what kind of his addition as the OC really means.
2: And we don't really. I mean, I don't I don't really know yet. Like,
0: right?
2: We'll see. It's a it's a guy that does have some familiarity. He's familiar with. The reality that satterfield's going to be calling the plays um i did you know the thing i liked with tom manning twofold um was more of a passing guy and satterfield is is definitely more of a run game wide zone spread you know uh type system so i i, I don't think you're getting as much of that as you would have gotten with tom manning I do think he has proven um, in his stops at Western Carolina and Georgia State as offensive coordinator to be a creative guy, a guy that that knows how to use the weapons that he has on hand.
4: Mm-hmm. So
2: I think that'll be a plus. Uh, but, I, you know, I think still the biggest thing you're losing, not having Tom Manning around, is going into the Big 12 with an offensive coordinator that knew the conference, that yeah. could sit in those meeting rooms and say – This is who they are. This is what they like to do. This is what they do effectively on third down. This is what they do effectively in the back end to, you know, this team is known for this and this is why. Um, I think having that voice definitely, uh, not having that voice definitely uh, is probably the biggest of this little like bump in the road, which I think ultimately is what it is. Yeah. Just having that Big 12 guy in the room as you go through the first year, I thought was going to be invaluable. Uh, that's going to be for me the hardest thing for them to replace with with what went down.
0: I agree. Um, also, do you uh, do you think that it's something as well? Because although Manning did have a little bit of a connection with Satterfield before, it seemed like he was still kind of a, a guy bringing in a, a fresh, a different, different voice. voice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I I don't know, kind of if, if you know having. Glenn come in if, if all of a sudden that's gonna kind of just be it was it was obvious the obvious quick fix because you know he does have the, the direct connection to Satterfield. He, he coached at those other places underneath the the coaches that have all come from the Satterfield Appalachian State tree. Um but you know, like you said, it's it it's gonna be a very collaborative effort as far as the uh the coaching goes on the offensive side of the ball, but it will be Scott Satterfield calling the plays um i don't know i'm I, i'm interested to see what kind of wrinkles he does bring in and uh kind of recruiting prowess as well cuz you know another thing with Manning was he did have that connection to to Ohio and, and recruiting in the state of Ohio um but you know if they they've got Walt and and Carey as well still so that'll be something that they continue to carry on um but yeah, yeah that's a The addition there, we'll see kind of how much change or or whatnot there is throughout spring practice. Aaron, anything you saw digging in deeper on on Brad Glenn at all?
1: I was just super impressed with how quickly it was taken care of. Like, Mm -hmm. I I think that speaks to how well that Coach Satterfield is regarded in the coaching world Um, and that he's also prepared for these types of situations with – how his tree has has grown since he yeah. became a head coach right uh, that, that he's able to make a call and that quickly have somebody in the spot whereas felt like anytime Luke had an opening, it took sometimes what a week, two weeks to fill spots whereas this was just
2: done and done. Luke was very much more into the the interview process. Maybe too much. You know, I I think you, you struck gold with like a a Mike Brown Mike that Brown, was a yeah. result of that. But like
0: Darren Page.
2: Uh, Darren Page is you right. know, the, the results from that running back the run interview. weren't yeah. weren't spectacular, but he hit a home run interview. Like mm. so you know, there's 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 good and bad to both sides of these things. Um, but it's a it's definitely a testament to Satterfield has done this longer as a head coach has been at a bunch of different places and has a bunch of different connections. Um, you know, I but I've, I think it's fair. You've seen some conversation on the board on the lack of, you know, how much power five coaching the staff has experience wise outside of Louisville mm-hmm. and being with him at Louisville. You're not bringing in a bunch of guys that have, you know, spent time that, you know, five years in the ACC and two years in the big 12. And then, you know, now they're here. Like, I I think it's fair to wonder, like, what does that adjustment period look like as the staff gets up to a competitive power five level? Now, there's plenty of great coaches in the group of five. And a lot of these guys have won a lot at their group of five stops, but... It's like, if you want to question that, if you want to wonder about that, I think that's fair.
1: You would have had the same issue though with Luke and his staff, right?
2: To an extent. Yeah.
3: I think there's a lot of uncertainty around the Bearcats and there's not like people aren't like thinking that we're going to light the world on fire here. So I don't think a lot of power five coaches want to show up and put their resume on the line to have a shitty year on their belt. Um, that's my take really. That's kind of what I'm seeing, but that's why I think you got a lot of Satterfield loyalists showing up one because he wants to do this with his people and he doesn't want everybody to does. Deal. Yeah. Rick
2: did it with his people when he, with yeah. his first year there were a lot of people that, that didn't have any faith in Marcus Freeman. Yeah. Given the, the lack of success that they had at Purdue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that but but he like Willie Martinez was a guy. The funny thing is, those guys with the the most Power Five experience, the two guys that I'm thinking of, Willie Martinez and Joker Phillips, were probably the two worst hires of the Luke Fickle era.
3: And well, they had uh, Tanuda had experience.
2: Tanuda had it. a bunch too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so those are the three. Like these three guys have a lot have have a lot of uh miles on the tires Mm
4: -hmm. and one of
2: them worked and two of them were one was run out of town after year one and the other one put together one of the worst wide receiver rooms i've ever seen (laughs) if we're being honest
3: right wait wait he willie willie went to tennessee he did i don't know the story
2: I think they were ready to go in a different direction a Corner. Huh. I don't think the I don't think the the personalities were a fit yeah. behind the scenes. I didn't I didn't get a lot of warm and fuzzy out of uh Willie's time here. Some <laughs> of that could be revisionist, you know. Yeah. You know how that works. Uh-huh. Uh but you know, Joker those, but, Phillips well,
3: almost made Alec Pierce a linebacker. <laughs>
2: He didn't think Alec was good enough to play wide receiver in that wide receiver room. That was a bag of dicks.
0: Hey, we might not beat UCF if not for a Trent Cloud touchdown reception.
2: I'm just talking top to bottom overall. That was not. That was not a wide receiver room over two years. That. That that did a whole That's the lot. best way you could have
1: described it. <laughs> what a bag of dicks!
2: <laughs>
0: uh, I did not see that coming. Well, good thing Alec stuck with it because it turned out
2: it turned out. No, they really moved him. To, they way. moved him to linebacker.
0: Uh, no, I said, but he stuck out. One, he to, said, state, I, don't,
2: I don't. I don't want to play defense. I'm a wide receiver <laughs> and a really good one. Uh, can you please get me a wide receiver coach that's worth a shit? <laughs> Then
0: Mike Brown says, hello, I'm, I'm Coach Brown. Alex says, I'm Alec. I am a wide receiver. And then the rest is history. So yeah. that worked out pretty, pretty nicely. Um, pretty good.
2: Pretty, and you pretty guys pretty know I gave good. Luke shit that all. Why, Luke, why, why did you never move anybody from defense to offense? How come everybody you moved was from <laughs> offense to defense? Like, why do you hate offense so much?
3: Good question.
0: Sauce could be the best wide receiver in the in the I league. I tried right to now.
3: move to running back. He said, "No, we need you at linebacker." Ah, shoot! He, it's like we need you back there. <laughs>
2: Think about the Royer Thunder that could have play,
3: happened in t- running back. Play play fullback, H back. Yeah. Just- just uh cut block everything. You could have <laughs> packed on like this, dude, I, I, of muscle was, and been in. I NFL was the best block cut blocker ever. Like I was like that was my shit. I would just cut block Navy Week. I would just take bodies down. <laughs> they had to. They had to get me out of the drills because they didn't want me to hurt anybody. Man, he's was, doing it too are good. Your ass out, my J. Man, what
2: the What's fuck? coach get him out of here
0: hey it yeah. worked out we ended up doing pretty pretty all right against Navy after that
3: that first one that was
2: that was because of Bolden's expertise at uh option quarterback
3: <laughs> Bolden I saw Bolden this weekend it's been a it's been a minute he's doing good miserable as ever he's got a mustache <laughs> he's got a
2: mustache <laughs> did he have five girls with him the last time I saw him was at the Holy Grail. It was Bolden and five girls. One of them was his girlfriend.
3: Yeah, he had just his girlfriend this time. Okay, only one. She didn't
2: have her whole crew with him. No, she was
3: she was behind enemy lines. She was with all the dumbasses.
2: That sounds like a terrible time
3: for her. But did any heads heads
1: hit fans? That's the question everybody wants.
3: Fans? There was no fans. Golly,
0: is that retired?
3: Let's hope not. I I don't think I've seen a fan in two years. Uh, a you year broke them all. Yeah, we, we destroyed all of Clifton's fans. <laughs> there's yeah. no, there's none left. We'll find one.
2: Does this we'll does this one. have a ceiling fan? No. Oh, no. we're out of here. We had to we had to take down the ceiling fans.
0: <laughs> some people some
1: people carve into the wall like. Royer was here instead, he just takes out the fans. Yeah, that's, his, that's there's, his calling card. There's actually like a there.
2: host, there's like a host of apartments in Clifton that just have like three blades on the fan. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that is true. There is one in Rose Street. You can hear, the, hear the, the wind Street.
2: whistling different because it's yeah, just, a, just <laughs> missing a couple <laughs> blades. We're <laughs> <laughs> My
3: brother took out a big uh pedal. We had to take him to uh, children's. Yeah. And I told you guys this story, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like but one of the drunkest you... I've ever been in, in in college, just in children's hospital, in like a in like a room with like kitty, kitty decorations on the wall.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> just just uh... absolutely off my ass. <laughs>
0: I've been there. Right. You should have. There. You
2: seen all like these? Uh, there's like these children's books that are adult books, but they're just like cartoons. No, I haven't. So look, there's they're ridiculous. Like there's <laughs> I don't even want to get into a couple, What a couple of them are about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you should do one about. Okay, Aaron. I'll tell you one. I'll tell you the first one that comes did, to I mind. Did, I
1: didn't. I didn't want to know any of them. You, yeah.
2: Yeah. You you looked at me like you wanted to know. This is about a woman with the pet beaver.
1: Oh,
2: no. <laughs> oh, I've <laughs> seen those. And the pet beaver needed a haircut. And the oh, whole no. book, it's like 18 pages My about has this woman. <laughs> My friend has that exact book. I tried to avoid this. <laughs> <laughs> it needed a haircut.
0: <laughs> Moving on.
2: It was unruly.
0: We have that. My friend has that exact book. It's a four.
1: You know Not exactly what I'm talking about. Not it ain't, solid, it ain't
0: no chitty chitty bang bang. <laughs> but it's a, it's a solid book. Uh, Ryan. A solid book. Coming up soon is is spring practice, as we mentioned. Um, next next uh, Monday it'll be one down. So uh, this week leading up to it is this kind of that. What's what's going on through the players' brains? You know what's is it is it more of a okay time to fine tune? We're getting ready to. To for, for me to prove myself out on the field is how how quickly do the new coaches integrate themselves with the new position groups? Is, is is it a still a slow process because it is a longer build up towards you know the whole entire spring ball, or or is it kind of excitement brewing around the uh, the facilities and whatnot? At least during your time there,
3: uh, I was always more of a dread brewing spring ball is horrible. Um, I, uh, besides my spring game performance, that was probably the only time I really enjoyed, uh, spring ball, but it's been meetings out the wazoo for weeks. That's what, how it works. So you, you'll go lift and then you'll meet with your coaches two, three, four times a week, depending on how much they want to do. So you'll do like an hour of film. And then you guys will like have organized like position drills, like with your, with your uh, position guys and you'll just be basically priming up. They kind of lighten up the weights a little bit. So you're not training too hard, get you stretched out, ready to rock. And then once that day hits, man, it is just nonstop football. It's literally 6.00 a.m. Like you, you could be in there to What you, you want to hear
2: something surprising. And I think, I don't have an exact answer for this, but I think part of it is, is due to uh the indoor facility getting started and not having a bubble for uh for spring ball this year. What's going on? 3 p.m. practices. Really? Yeah. Huh. I'm guessing like I mean, you know, you're you're dealing with March in Cincinnati at 8 a.m., eight thirty in the morning, it's gonna be pretty cold. Yeah. So what? What are uh, they're doing? They're doing three practices? Nippered in the middle of the day.
3: And it's three, three o'clock. Like it, we're warming up, or three o'clock. Like I, I feel.
2: Yeah. three o'clock. I just know three o'clock.
3: Okay. Huh. That'll be fun. Then you just you freaking go go to practice. They won't be out so of there till nine like p.m. 9. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jesus. That
2: works But out. they won't have to be there at 6.
3: Yeah. But you guys don't Some guys, that. Yeah, we don't. But then now you're going to have to do, like, I, I remember I would have to do, class, like, the 6 to 850s PMs for classes. Now guys are going to have to do 8 AM. So it's just, like, offsets, basically. Yeah. Just depend. Well, some guys have all online. It's just whatever whatever yeah. stuff you got to do. Well, what were your
0: feelings when you did? Did you see the picture, Ryan, of the uh, the infamous bubble getting
3: taken down? I saw the that. Street. I was like, "Thank God!" I, that thing was horrible, dude. You have, the air was bad in there. The, the depressing, just like light fixturing It's just the worst. Were you there
0: for the pee pee poo poo day?
3: The what? The pee pee poo poo day. What the?
0: What, what I the guess hell you was weren't that? there, Chad, Aaron, Phil. <laughs> Fill so Ryan in on that. I, I don't know what
2: you're talking about. I, I thought, thought you were too. there.
3: <laughs> well, <where it's laughs> just, like vomit.
2: Yeah, that P
3: Pee Poo Poo.
2: Yeah. And Brett is Brett is has <laughs> lost his fucking mind again. It's all <laughs> over- it's <laughs> not anything like pee pee and poo-poo. It smelled straight like vomit.
3: All
0: right. <laughs> like Shooky Shooky vomit. There
2: you so go. it was So it was the end, I think it was I think it was the end of it was some point last year during spring, I think. And I guess the they said like the the sewage system got like backed up with like old Gatorade or something, and it just what? yeah, it was so bad in there, man.
3: what were the players saying
2: oh uh, it just it was disgusting like, I, like <laughs> I almost I almost had to like have the nose covered just standing there watching practice it was when they, gross. when
1: they think when they think the old locker room smells better than the bubble that's not a good sign, yeah.
2: When they're so, like, "Hey, I know it's twenty seven degrees, but can we practice outside?" <laughs> so, so, so there was that was last spring ball, right? I believe so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I guess what practices will still just be outside, no matter like I, I mean, if the weather is adverse, they'll just still be outside, no matter what. Um, I, don't
1: well, know, I guess. Like, I don't know. That's a good right. question. Does the bubble being down hurt the guys participating in UC Pro Day? Uh,
2: they will be outside, so. Yeah, there's the possibility
3: that it does. Shit! What if it rains? <laughs> right? They'd be there'd be no. Would guys probably just won't run? Nobody will run. They'll
2: just reschedule for the next day. I mean, but that's hard uh, because you have these scouts. Like,
3: they, yeah, it's like we can't be here. We're going come to in town for
2: to that day. Come on.
3: What
1: if? What if the Bengals said, you know what? Come down and use our bubble.
3: Ooh, I don't. I know run past that, that bubble.
2: Out. Huh? I don't know if they would be allowed.
1: I just know Why not? That they they used the, use the Bearcats bubble so many times, I didn't know if they could return the favor
2: here. Yeah, but I don't know if you're allowed to hold your pro day at an NFL facility.
1: Oh, yeah, okay. true. That makes sense.
0: Satterfield like, just still has the key to Louisville's facility. The right <laughs> Guys, don't tell anybody, but tomorrow... <laughs>
3: Everything's still red and black. No one will they notice. Could go, they could go to like one of those local, thing, local spots. Yeah. Ignition or whatever the hell it's called. That's where you <laughs> see C- C- City Pride. Does the Fletching. bubble being down help
2: the UC Pro Day? No smell. That was, it was a one. One time. wasn't a one day thing. It was like a three day thing. <laughs> Apparently it was one of the other sports, like dump some stuff down the. Drain didn't that they you, weren't supposed to dump down, and
1: didn't you compare it at one point to a New York taxi?
2: It was gross. It was no, gross. that was um, that was a national writer. That was uh the guy. That was Ralph Gee, Russo. That writes no, it was Ralph Russo, the main college football writer for the Associated Press, who was from New York. We asked him. Uh, what he thought of the bubble, and he was like, "It smelled like it was like a, being in a New York cab." And I was like, <laughs> "That's not a pleasant. <laughs> that's not a good thing. That's not a pleasant thought to have."
0: But uh, but Chad, you were there when the bubble first went up. I, I I mean, when it first went up, it was like, "All right, nice little indoor bubble. Yeah, it was
2: clean. This is nice." Yeah, could like go look at the picture of that thing. Yeah, it's uh, it it used to be white. Like your hat. Yeah. Well, excuse me. Now it looks like Aaron's headband. <laughs> <laughs> it is gross. A
0: lot of yucky
1: Could you
2: imagine pressure washing that thing? It would probably just shred, wouldn't it? It would probably just disintegrate. It, it had holes in it,
1: it. it. In the pictures of taking it down, it had holes all over it.
2: I'm sure some of that was you could see the forklifts that were going into it. Yeah, I doubt
1: they took too much care in
2: taking it down this time. That was not going to be that bubble was not going to be repurposed. <laughs> <laughs> I can assure you of that. It was done. Doesn't Pitt share facilities with the Steelers? Uh, yeah, I'm sure that is more, but like that is a that is a, an agreement, right? Like that is that's, that's different. different. That is they they use the same facilities every day. The UC does not use the Bengals facilities. It would be a significant advantage to the Bengals if UC just came and practiced like in their bubble.
1: <laughs> Are they raffling off pieces of it? Do people yeah. want that in their UC basement caves? <laughs> so so what
0: is that? That's, that is part of the old floor of the third arena. What is that? That is part of the bubble. And it's just like an
2: integrated, stinky little... Why is so, it brown, And why does your man cave stink like ass?
3: Who, who's one of the uh, the Twitter the Twitter boys that would get one of those? Don't
1: tempt Ed. Don't tempt Ed. Oh, Ed he, would do. He, it for sure. <laughs> Ed might buy thing. the
2: whole bubble. Yeah, put, put it over <laughs> Luke's own barn
0: and
3: just.
2: My <laughs> guess the uh,
3: My guess would be either Alex Appian or. The Michael, who's the Michael Boston? Michael Boston. Yeah. He, he has would, a lot of stuff. It, yeah. I see. Who's another yeah, there's,
2: one? There's some people that would definitely buy it. Ed being one of them.
3: I, I always two, see them post their like their their shit. Chuchin my... Cincy.
2: That's Ed.
0: That's Ed. Old Eddie Bear.
3: That's yeah. Stuff. I gotta start I gotta start learning my my Twitter people.
2: There you go. There you go. We Let's... might we might have something for the man caves coming up here in terms of a sponsorship here in the not so distant future
1: oh
2: i've had a company reach out that does something really cool that uh i'm exploring so might have something new for you guys
0: exploration
2: might have something new for you guys to put in your man caves maybe just to get something for ryan on his walls
3: I gotta hang up something, man. I have my jersey Dude, that they gave me. I'm telling
2: you, I got it. You gotta get into the mixed tiles. I gotta, you gotta like a hundred bucks, and you can do your whole wall of Ryan Royer's greatest photography moments <laughs> in Bearcat history.
3: <laughs> okay, You're, you've convinced me. You
2: Look out can... uh, here! Hold on. You rent, right? What you rent? You yeah, rent yeah. they're adhesive. They're just uh uh-huh. tape and you hang them up oh, yeah. on the walls. And I just have used a bunch of pictures that we've had from over the years to like to build the thing. You could just do all Ryan Royer and you can do little <laughs> ones, or you could do you could just get one big like your favorite Ryan Royer poster.
3: Okay. And I think that they would have make me new, look like not like a narcissist at all. No, not at all. It would be fine.
2: <laughs> it would be fine. totally fine. I think they have like new stuff now since I ordered that you can turn it all into like cartoons. Oh, yeah. And make it like cartoon-like and like a lot more brighter and uh pops off the screen a little bit more. Yeah. They're not a they're not a sponsor. Uh but if mixed house would like to sponsor, they're more than welcome I, you know, give them a bunch of uh juice here on the show with the uh the background maybe i should hit them up and be like hey mixed tiles what's up <laughs> Slide into the dms they also do ryan they do the the bearcat journal sign right there that was mixed tiles so you could just get one that says the show okay and put it over your your not vain uh <laughs> you know 15 by 25 of yourself
3: okay you're starting to convince me, man. Are you a sales guy, too?
2: I should be. I could work for mixed tiles completely.
3: Yeah. There you go.
2: I'm going to clip that and uh, send it to him. Yes. <laughs> Maybe the sponsorship will just be to get
3: Ryan a background. We got Chad, we got Chad Belfort over here. Come on.
1: <laughs> Is it a Bearcat Journal icon light? Would you be able to see it turned on all the way from Boston?
3: <laughs> oh yeah, where's that? One at? Where's that sucker? We haven't seen that one in a while. Rumor has it that if Chad's not home and someone turns that on,
1: he can see it on the above the skyline. <laughs>
3: Jeez, it's the bat signal.
0: For those of you not not here, Chad is turning on his big bearcat journal light. Oh, ah, it
1: looks
2: it doesn't look bad like that. no, Not since you added show.
1: yeah, I don't know what happened. Maybe since you added the stuff to the walls, it doesn't adjust the lighting so much. That doesn't look bad at all.
2: That might be the perfect spot for that bad boy.
1: You can't see yourself anymore like you've now you've been funny. lost in the picture, but
2: <laughs> nobody fucking wants to see me anyway <laughs> right.
0: For, for those of you not not watching he is putting the bearcat journal light up on the wall while the other memorabilia on the wall and it doesn't look half bad
2: there you go. maybe i need to get a little shelf right there and hang the, the light up now okay
0: not a, not a terrible idea
2: i think if i was in between the light and the the ring light i think i would still be okay
0: yeah i would say you just have like a little halo behind you that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. It works out. <laughs> uh, real quick, I, I don't know, do we need to dive in deep on preview? I was just going to touch on offense, just you know, ideas that you guys had leading into the, the uh, spring ball, like things you want to watch, just one thing from each of you guys offensively. But if you and you and Dave are kind of filling that up, we're kind of getting to 110 on the time, I guess we could touch on it real fast, just – Maybe maybe a position group that's piquing your interest, or or one that you're gonna lay an extra ear towards as far as just the offensive side of the ball, because we we mentioned obviously. I mean the whole
2: all of it, all of mm. it. What what running back does it look like? Mm. Fit like is you know jumps to the top of the the list in in terms of the wide zone scheme.
0: Which is interesting because on the graphic today showing. Spring game start.
2: I'm sure has nothing
0: to do with it, but it's Miles Montgomery on at, on the graphic,
2: who I, I think fits this scheme better than anybody on the roster.
0: I mean, the the game is on the 15th. He's number 26, and literally has no connection at all no, to the
2: to the spring. It's game. Just him. Yeah. Um, I so everywhere offensive line. Like, what are we looking like at tackle? like mm-hmm. what's the, what's the rotation looking like is it is it one of those things that it's like all right yeah there's still there's still a heavy need to hit the portal at the end of the spring and find a tackle is it what is what does the wide receiver room look like nobody knows nobody knows what what where 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 do things stand at tight end like Mm-hmm. Is it going to be Shaman as as one A and and everybody kind of filters in behind him? And of course, quarterback. Like everything on offense is question.
1: Like, there's like 16 quarterbacks in that room, right?
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> something like that. Um, I, quarterback's interesting for me because Jack Perry's back. Yeah, I you know I
2: I, I think, you think that... about that Royer. He's gone. He's getting—he's he, he's, 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 measuring he's getting, his wall. He's getting hard-boiled eggs again.
3: Yeah, it has to be.
2: The answer it's is hard We've reached the hard-boiled egg point of the podcast.
3: No, yeah, we got a little, a little Greek yogurt. Come on,
2: ah. <laughs> hey, hey, hey,
3: hey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, guy.
2: Jack Perry's back. Ryan, Thoughts? I
3: know. He was my victim. <laughs> I know. <laughs> So I'm happy for him to come back. He can maybe have some more time to make a read. You know, he doesn't have the big. Well, bad you squash the
2: rumors that you will be out there on Monday.
3: Well, there are rumors
2: that, that, yeah, that you've you've exercised your COVID year. I have
3: no comment. You're just gonna have to wait and see. <laughs>
1: Chad, I just got breaking news that Jack Perry just got out of the Bearcats system. He, just, <laughs>
2: he has the hopped of in his Royer, car
1: and yeah, left. At the,
2: <laughs> the thought of Royer coming back for the spring game, he has is, he is exited the program again.
3: Just the spring game. No no other practices, no meetings, just just one. <laughs> one last ride? I only know one play call. Main.
2: Quarterback. <laughs> Royer, go get the quarterback. Yep. Yeah. Look, I, I'll just say this about quarterback. Emory Jones didn't transfer to Cincinnati to not be the starting quarterback. He was the starting quarterback at Florida. He was the starting quarterback at Arizona State. We'll see if he wins don't, it. Like you got it. Don't help the ben boy the count. out. You got to, But I'm just t- like you know, that's his mindset, right, Ryan?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm not no, counting Ben out at all. But that kid transferred to Cincinnati to be the starting quarterback.
3: No, you're right. I agree with you. But it's, the, it's, the it's, same it's as Ben last here. year. Huh, is Ben still on a scooter? Oh, yeah, he no. can't,
2: he's not practicing, but he's not Ben's,
3: practicing, he's growing, he just can't practice yeah. right now. Okay,
4: yeah,
0: yeah I, I, I mean, I think that all the QBs staying on the roster just shows that they're gonna at least
2: battle for it. Um, this, this is a great point, Stephen. Practice is starting late, so Royer can just swing by after work. Hey, I, I
3: can work six to two and get there. <laughs> I dare you! I just realized that this is natural. You, this can be done. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be something, man. This will be the best spring of my life. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. You're still like you're still you know you're eating healthy. You're doing the hard boiled eggs, Greek yogurt.
3: I'm in shape, man. I'm in shape. I've been I've been running. I still weigh two twenty.
1: Look, but. get a hold of Eichel, get an intro video, and step out onto the field to your intro <laughs> video.
2: It's going to be like.
3: like Throne is going to be like, who the hell is
2: this dumbass? <laughs> Can you, it's going to be like Stone Cold you know, coming out at like.
1: You know, pump it up. Don't you know, pump it up. You know, pop it up. <laughs>
2: Royer's going to come down the steps. It's going to be like Stone Cold at WrestleMania. Like, <laughs> by God Almighty, that's the show's music. <laughs> <laughs> Who's got 35? You
3: gonna. David Jones was wearing it last year. I don't know if he's going to keep it.
2: I mean, I think that was just a uh, special team. Yeah.
3: I know. Well and then Bra- Brady Young. Yeah.
1: If Brady didn't take the ring, you guys can fight for the number back.
3: You could. Okay. Yeah. We could. I see Brady a decent amount. Might have to kill him.
1: As long as he didn't take the wrestling ring, you could, you could, you He's could. He's
3: talking about a different Brady.
1: As long as Coach Brady, oh. didn't take the, as long as Coach Brady didn't take the wrestling ring, you
0: can fight whoever you need to in the ring for your number. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, I think I, I think Brady took a lot up to Madison. I, all those videos are kind of the exact same that we we were used to watching here. Well, it's it's oh, yeah.
2: Brady as the coach and Shark as the like executive producer. Right. It's the same video. Like they could have just that is uh,
3: that is literally Cincinnati football every yeah, every, small, they, every person is there
2: yeah they just took it to madison
3: yeah except the show yeah they they lost they lost some other things <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh you're not going to use your six year in madison are you
3: Hell no, man. (laughs) I'm not no damn badger. Who the hell you think (laughs) this is? I'd rather die than to go up that that damn Madison.
2: (laughs) Stone cold! Stone cold! It's the show! It's the show!
3: I gotta, uh... I'm gonna have to, uh... The
2: camera cuts the camera cuts immediately to Jack Perry and he's like that guy in the middle of the <laughs> ring that's like
3: Does does UC ever play you Wisconsin again? They played um, him back in what 2009, seven? When was that? No ninety-nine. Oh damn. Ron Dane. Yeah. yeah it was Ron Dane. I don't know
2: that
1: I don't know that Luke would be dumb enough to give Cincinnati the opportunity to play Wisconsin.
2: He saw um, what happened with Brian Kelly. There is right. no shot in hell. Right. Right.
3: Well, Luke would take that thing head on, though. That's how he is. No, he. Won't. Oh, I want I want to beat those. Duh. That's how he is. <laughs>
2: he didn't want to play. He didn't. He had no interest in playing Ohio State.
3: Oh, because yeah, he didn't can... want the whole. He didn't want the whole. The whole camera spotlight on him and stuff. No, oh, we wanted. Bullshit. We wanted to play him. We We felt good about. I'm talking playing. about him. I mean, I think, I don't know. What do, What do you you think he was, like, didn't want to get pounced on by him? Is that what you're saying?
2: He was not the same person that week.
3: Yeah, because he's, dude, he's, like, socially, he's not, he's gotten better, but back then he was not, like, it's, like, socially sound. And he had to deal with the whole, like, he loves Columbus. Like, that's, like, his, that's his we blood. Know. And, like. Yeah, he, he has to go back there, there and like Yeah, we were and they're gonna be like spotlight on him at all times, trying to talk, get interviews, all that stuff. And he he didn't that wasn't his shit. So Yeah. And then like then it's like, well you get beat by him, then it's people all over you for it. So I'm sure that's yeah, but
2: this this would be like, you know. You're you're coming back, like you get beat by Cincinnati, then it proves you were wrong in leaving. I don't he think he would want to do it. I don't think he would want to do it. Brian Kelly legitimately thought, like, I will kill Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So scheduling them is just a favor. Like, I will, I I am so superior. You talk about ego, Ryan. He's such a swarmy little. Bastard, the way he just looks. He's a politician.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: He's a politician. Like he's a Nor- New England, Northeastern politician. That's who he is. That's
3: what he is. I hate that. I'm glad we beat his, beat his, you know what? You All the stuff you
2: say and you're not going to say ass <laughs> on this
3: podcast? <laughs> trying to, ever since you said that, that last week about the they're like you just—you
2: just can't say fuck as often as we say fuck. Okay, that's all.
3: <laughs> I'm also starting. To, I'm starting to learn that people at GE listen to this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, I've been approached three or four times now. The other day, there was some guy just walking down the hallway. I've never seen him in my life. He's like, "Hey, Ryan." I was like, "How you doing?" I'm like, "It has to be from this," and I'm like. I'm like, I don't want to lose my job. <laughs> like we're, we're branching out, man. We're well past world. that,
2: bro. We're well yeah. past it. They're watching the archives. You're in trouble.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. HR will be knocking on my door.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, January 17th, 2023. Did you say this <laughs> on a YouTube podcast? <laughs> I don't know I don't
3: know what you're talking about. That wasn't me. Podcast? What I- is that? You mean Joe Rogan? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Joe Rogan sells rocks.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh boy. Go ahead, Brent. Take back control over this this show.
0: <laughs> uh, well, I think we're done talking spring football. Um, <laughs> So I'll let you and Dave handle that On Wednesday
3: Uh, Oh boy Is it bag nation Is it what Is it mailbag time already
2: Uh, I I think it might be We're we're heading into that realm Uh, I did want to say On top of Dave and I Talking a bunch of uh, Spring ball and giving our thoughts We will have a special guest on Wednesday As well And that would be defensive coordinator Brian Brown. Ooh. So, uh, we've been working on... When are we getting one? I'm working on it, Brent. I'm working on it. Sheesh. I'm working on it. Things got a little hectic on the seventh floor for ten days or so. They did. When we first started talking about we were going to have all the assistants on, it was a different situation (laughs) than uh, last week. (laughs) So... We're working on it. I, I'm hoping. I'm hoping we have something for next Monday. But until I'm told for sure, I don't want to tease it. But I do have confirmed that defensive coordinator Brian Brown will be with us Wednesday at eight o'clock for the uh, the BCJ pod, podcast. Uh, no baseball recap. Uh, uh, hold on, one
0: second. Well, no, I was. Uh, quick Jeffrey, paper. Supply. I'm not letting
2: this pass away yet. Don't quick paper supply. Products like uh, to-go containers, cups, pizza boxes, to-go mm-hmm. bags, can liners, not cat liners, can liners, napkins, etc. <laughs> They've been open since 2009. <clears throat> They're one of the largest minority-owned companies in the city. Call Nick 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. There you, you go. Real quick, though. Talk. Yeah. What's up, buddy?
0: Nineteen ninety nine, Cincinnati took down the Wisconsin Badgers, seventeen to twelve. Sadly, that next year they did lose in Madison, but it went to overtime and was a game winning field goal. So, Badgers struggle with the Bearcats. That's a, that's about all we got to say on that front. Um, <laughs> also, this weekend uh, or this week throughout the week is uh, the NFL Combine. Uh, we've already mentioned the, the the six Bearcats that'll be there. Uh, three. Or mentioned on the Athletic, Dane Bruegler, one of the you know top NFL draft analysts, mentioned uh, he, he's fallen in love with one one prospect in particular, and that's Tyler Scott. That's going to be a uh, fun, thrilling time to watch some of these NFL Network people and and draft analysts kind of oogle and Google when Tyler Scott, Trey Tucker, and Josh Wiley and Ivan Pace Leonard. put up
2: some
3: some Tyler legendary- Scott.
2: Who Luke Fickle wanted to move to cornerback.
3: Really? Didn't know that one.
2: Oh, he joked about that all the time. I would like going into not this season, but the the playoff season, I was like, Tyler Scott is gonna be that dude next to Alec. Like, yeah, see it coming from his practices. I was really big on him the year before, but the room was just crowded at the top. So he didn't have his really chance to, to kind of bust through. So I would ask Luke a lot about Tyler and Luke would be like, ah, think about anything about moving him to corner and think of, you know, think he might be able to help us better there than uh than a wide receiver. And like, that was a consistent thing. Like they were legitimately, I think if Marcus would have stayed, they really would have tried to move him to corner, hmm. but without Marcus around, You know, Trestle didn't exactly have the knowledge or, like, the juice to, like, like, really push hard for something like that, like Freeman did with Pierce. That was why AP really, like, Freeman pushed the hell out of him to try it out, didn't he?
3: Oh, I mean, I remember he was, like, super big on, like, developing Alec when he got into the room. I didn't hear anything about Freeman pushing it to initiate it. Just
2: kind of always in his ear, like come over here and play linebacker. Freeman wanted Tyler Scott at cornerback. Yeah. I know that, like, for sure. And Luke would joke around about it, and then Tyler was so good that, like, he didn't give him a choice. Yeah. But another guy that, that, you know, anybody that was good on offense, Luke was like, you ever think about playing defense? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, yeah, Tyler Scott, people are finally starting to watch the tape. They're seeing okay. Well, we've all kind of been sleeping on this guy, and I mean, you you watch the tape that's on Twitter. The separation that he gets, we all saw it on Saturdays. It's it's pretty insane. So it'll um, be a name to watch. But I I think all of them are going to put up really good numbers. And as as long as Trey and Tyler are catching the balls thrown to them, and in most of those uh, periods at, at the at Lucas Oil, I feel like it's going to be, uh, be a be really really strong weekend for the Bearcats faithful the group there anything more did on you oh, okay. hold up yeah.
2: did you see what chris johnson said chris johnson no cj chris TJ? johnson the man that ran the fastest cj 40 TJ? in the history of the nfl combine
0: what did the man say
2: he said if there's one guy he thinks that could break his 4.24 40 yard dash time it's tyler scott
1: trey tucker would like a
2: word they're both gonna have a shot. Wait, that's the
3: record? I thought it was four one nine.
2: The official like they'll they'll put like the hand time stuff up like right away, mm-hmm. but then they go back and do like the official hand time okay. times afterwards. There was there was a huge <clears throat> discrepancy last year where people were kind of up in arms that the numbers that were coming out weren't the we're numbers that were actually yeah. So, yeah, 4.24 from Chris Johnson is the official laser fastest 40 at the Combine. And, like, somebody interviewed him last week. Yeah. Um,
0: the 33rd said, team. I'm looking at it right now.
2: Yeah. He said that he felt that Tyler Scott was the one guy that could that could break his 40-yard uh, hmm. dash record.
0: As he wears an ECU shirt with ECU highlights yeah. on. So, hey. Yeah. Maybe one final one final defeat of the pirates on the way out of the AAC. How about that? Ours <laughs> right. Um, as far as uh, baseball goes, Jeffrey, you listening? It was home runs galore for the Gators as uh, the Bearcats drop all three games down there in, in, in sunny Florida. Uh, Gainesville was not kind. It was what 13-6, 13-3. 13-7, and in that final game, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, but eight home runs hmm. for the Florida Gators. A bunch their, of solo uh, shots, huh? And their, and their big victory. Yeah, I think there was 13 total over the three games. Um, but, yeah, it's number seven team in the country, so.
1: Well, they do have their home opener, though, on Wednesday against Mm -hmm. Miami of Ohio. And there are Natty Boys koozies being given away. Ooh. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. So.
0: There we go. Uh, And then, of course, yeah, we'll we'll touch on it. Golf is in the top spot heading into the final day in Dorado. How about that? Big time uh, tournament down there. They've got a four-stroke lead over Duke and uh looking like they uh as well they pass UNC Greensboro uh who's now 12 strokes behind the Bearcats and hey that'd be that be one 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 hell of a uh, beginning to the spring season for the golf team. You
2: I know, think like, I saw this properly there so on a golf team you have six guys out on the course mm-hmm. competing for your overall score. Um their sixth guy is in 17th overall place in this tournament. Ooh. That's Woo. Insane. Golf team, day day one ready. Insane. They're
0: ready, man.
1: They might be
2: more ready than anybody else on campus.
1: Except for maybe indoor track and field.
0: Hey. Heard that.
2: Track team going uh, really well also. They, They claim the American Athletic Conference Indoor Championship for men's track and field. As a track guy myself, Love seeing that. Amen. What are, you, what, are you, what are you smiling at, Royer?
3: Just like it. I like when you say that. It's funny.
2: Because <laughs> I'm fat now. I wasn't allowed to be skinny and run fast when I was
3: young.
2: <laughs> Look at that guy. That guy was fucking fast, Ryan.
3: I know. It's just funny when you told the story. Fast boy. Fast <laughs> <is laughs> boy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm not fast as fuck, boy. I'm <laughs> slow as fuck now. <laughs> this one's totally not getting monetized.
0: <laughs> but not quite as fast as as Mister Tyler Scott did. He he ran top ten nationally. The shout out to Dane Brugler for this. It was uh, in, in the 60 meters and the 200 meters dashes as a senior in high school.
2: Which uh, he was fast. I mean, he six, was fast, 60 fast, meters. Fast. Fast.
0: 677, seven, 200 meters, 2139. Uh, and those are some speeds that they say absolutely translates to the field. So whew, he's fast. I mean
2: what? All of his touchdowns were were 20 yards or more. Mm-hmm. 14 touchdowns, all of them 20 yards or more.
0: Even on catching runs. Oof, yeah. crazy. He was he was nice. He was speedy. That dude. Uh, five. Well, are we ready for uh could fly. Could fly. Could flu. Kalu,
2: What about Kalou?
0: Yeah, <laughs> kind of. strong finish out of Kalu. <laughs> anyway, I think we can head into the uh to the mailbag portion now. Oh actually Chad. Yeah. Any anything talking wise, recruiting wise, because I know kind of made a little bit of a rumbling today on the boards. Um as far as basketball or football recruiting heading into what's going to now be, I I mean, it's, it's crunch time towards the end of the season, but this is also where recruiting is starting to kind of, kind of get a little bit of an amp up as far as those things go. I know today
2: got, I know there's a, there's a, there's a mailbag question or two. I'll get to some of that. Uh, Ultimately I just haven't been, I, I don't have time to really deal with a lot of that right at the moment. Um, so I don't have a ton like today, but as you go through spring practices and you're around, and then as the season ends in basketball, we'll get to the basketball stuff. I I've got some things to say on that, but uh football information will grow as we get through the 15 spring practices for sure.
0: Mel bag it up, all right. <clears throat>
1: Well, well, well. Starting it off in the basketball portion of the mailbag. Remix.
2: Really? Remix? Not starting with football?
1: I lied. I saw the word basketball. Uh, Football portion of the mailbag. I think it's because there's only like one and a half questions here in the football portion. Fair. Uh, best away trip for conference game in twenty twenty three doesn't have to be highest ranked team, but best overall trip accounts for city, stadium, travel distance, slash accessibility, fan reputation, etc.
2: I mean, West Virginia, Pitt. I would ag- I would agree with one Virginia. of the two. I boon picking Stadium sounds awesome at Oklahoma State. Like I would like to see that one. Late October, so it still should be decent weather. Um and nobody gives a shit about Houston. Uh I'm not going to Provo.
1: Houston's old hat at this point. Yeah. Yeah,
2: like we've done that before. So Morgantown or Stillwater in terms of the uh the conference, the four conference games. Uh, but you know, Pitts always pit's always easy. And as much as I don't like Pittsburgh. That's a pretty good town right around the stadiums. Like, there's a lot going on Uh around
1: Restoring two rivalries in the same season, though, is, is pretty cool for the football team to be able to do between sure.
0: Pitt and West Virginia. I'm still pretty Try sad there's not a trip to Austin, but but I think Morgantown mm. could be a fun BCJ field trip. Yes. I'll be there. It's a two-and-a-half-hour drive for me. Morgantown, a little, little BCJ field trip. I like it. I like it. Yeah, Provo's
2: beautiful, uh, <laughs> and then you realize you're in Provo.
0: A Friday night game is tough.
2: What
1: happens
0: in
2: Provo? Nothing.
1: Never happened.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Well, did well, you hear what all them was <laughs> saying? What, hap- what happens there in little? Provo? Like, didn't there's nothing that happens in Provo? At the uh,
0: is at there like no All-Star bars or, <laughs> or anything? When the, you see at the All Star weekend they, like they were all like, yeah. like Shaq was like, "This is the I've worst, worst thing we've up, ever uh, done. It's like I've never rang up a higher room service bill because there's nothing going on. So I just sat in my room and ate food the entire night. In
3: Salt Lake City? Yeah. There's a Chili's. How is there nothing there? <laughs> I wow. just,
2: because you're not allowed to have a beer over the,
3: What the hell? It's the Mormons, baby. So why do they have such a beautiful state? Well, yeah, news. you
2: aren't allowed to order coffee on Sundays in Utah.
3: <laughs> Damn.
0: Well, good so thing. Provo good is thing. On your be. List.
2: Like it is. It is beautiful. It, it's it's gorgeous. But that's where the fun ends. So unless you're just going to sit on your balcony in your hotel room, if you if you're lucky enough to have one, and just like go, ooh, it's pretty. <laughs> it's so
3: pretty here. What do the college kids do out there, man? Ski. Nothing.
0: They, they ski they and play eat. play hockey. Well, well, you saw what the the one BYU player got in trouble for kissing a girl.
2: Yeah, it's they have a code of conduct that you have to like, you have to live by. So I don't listen. think there's I, there's probably not <laughs> anything in the code of conduct conduct about sticking your head in the fan though. So you what probably about- can still do that.
0: Maybe the things Ooh. that lead to it.
2: Yeah, you can't do anything. You have to be completely sober. Right? You stick your head in the fan. Which sounds like a terrible know. way to stick your head in a fan.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, when is the strength coach going guest host on the pod?
2: I'm Nico! Working. I think the, the biggest hang-up with Nico is uh, young children and eight o'clock is a difficult time, as Aaron can attest, when you're trying to get young children to sleep. I get it. So that has been the the, the hard part with Nico. We've we've been attempting Nico for a couple weeks now and it just hasn't lined up yet. Hopefully oh soon. Hopefully. And
1: that's the football portion of the mailbag. Moving Woo-hoo. on to the basketball portion of the mailbag. Hey, all right, uh, looking back, did it make sense to have eight seniors on the roster during a rebuilding season, or did West think this should have been a tourney team?
2: Uh, West thought that he was going to build the best team possible, and the best way to do that in the American Athletic Conference uh, was to go old, especially when the reality set in that we're going to be in the Big 12 uh, the following season. And maybe it's best to try to get big 12 guys to the big 12 because recruiting big 12 level guys to the american is not an easy task so uh just kind of how things played out and they don't have eight seniors on the roster because four of those guys five of those guys now have an extra year of eligibility like the, the technically yes they are seniors in college but when five of the eight guys have the opportunity to come back, that's five juniors, the way that we look at it. Again, this COVID thing screwed up how we like are going to see things all the way out to 2025. Because everybody that came in in 2020 has a free year. So while, yeah, you look at it and say, there's eight guy, eight seniors on this team, when we came into the season, he had four guys that were supposed to exhaust their eligibility, and one of them didn't play all year and has the opportunity to come back. So it made sense to have a roster with four guys with the option to return for next year, along with how you're rebuilding the roster through you know younger guys as well.
1: Speaking of that guy who didn't play all year, I think you've if- – John Newman plays this year. I think this team probably is a tourney team, and I don't know that you can convince me otherwise. I think they're that, at least that, on the bubble. That's Absolutely, the difference. At
2: least on the bubble.
1: That's the difference between trying to contain DeAndre Williams and not being able to put a guy on him because Davenport can't guard DeAndre Williams. That's yeah. the difference between having length against Houston
2: versus and not, not, right? yeah. So.
1: So don't you absolutely
2: not a wasted season for skillings and read because they still got a full year of practice and they got a significant, when you, when you look at freshmen, they played like they, they experienced what it was like to be part of this program as an active member of the roster. I wouldn't so I want disagree. to
1: see either of them going into next season with no experience. Right. But all right. Uh, Chad, how well do you think Wes has a handle on the portal versus last year? I would think he has a much better understanding and already has at least a couple of players singled out.
2: That's your assumption on the situation, Doc? I, I don't know. Uh, that would be tampering if I was to say that they have the situation uh, singled out. Uh, we don't I don't know who's know on the portal yet. Right. I mean, there's a lot that happens behind the scenes, but... I hate next-year questions. We'll get there. We'll get there, well, the, I promise. The,
1: then you'll love this next question. So uh-huh. we have five senior and grad players. With one I think this one's fair.
2: I think this one's fair.
1: Odie, Mike Adams-Woods, John Newman, Landers Nolly, and Jeremiah Davenport. What do you guys think the over-under is on how many will still be in a Bearcat uniform when next season starts?
2: So I'm going to answer this question this way. I don't know. I do think I, I do think they will have two to three scho- additional scholarships to fill in this offseason. If I had to set the number at 2.5, I would be torn as to whether to, to take the over or under. I think they will I'm have so- at least two. I think they will have as many as three. I think I'll set that number at three and a half, actually. Okay, I disagree with you. Okay. And 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 maybe there are...
0: On uh, just those five? Mm-hmm. Two and, two and a half for just those
2: five. Yeah. I, I, if it's just those five, I'd take the under at two and a half. I think there will be two to three scholarships open for them to use to add players to this roster in the offseason. I would probably take the over at three. But if we're talking about just this list, I would take the under it too. Here's the thing, and this is why I'm very, very cautious about answering these questions. If I were to have answered this question right now, a year ago, I would have said that conversations would have been had with Mike Saunders and Micah Adams Woods that happened, and that Mike Saunders would have been the player to return. And Micah Adams Woods would have been the player to explore his options and potentially go somewhere else because he was being told the point, we're going to go get a point guard in the portal. And that point guard is going to be given every opportunity to come in and be the starting point guard this year. Micah had been the starting point guard for all three years of his Cincinnati career. So when you tell somebody that, you would think the guy that has started going into, like when we're at this point of the process, right? You would think the guy that has started all three years would say, I'm going to go somewhere else and potentially see what I can, you know, see where I can become a a starting point guard. And instead, Mike Saunders Jr. said, I'm looking to be a starting point guard. So I'm going to enter the portal and explore my options to go somewhere and be the starting point guard. <clears throat> and Mike Adams Wood said, This is my job, and I'm going to stay and fight for it. I would have had that wrong had we had this conversation a year ago.
1: We I would have been did. wrong. Huh? We probably did have this conversation. But I don't a know. Year I ago. don't
2: think I ever went on record on that because it's it's not fair to like either guy and the information that I'm getting behind the scenes to put that on wax. Right. It's, it's just not like, I don't think it's fair to talk about like before the end of the season, before we actually get into these conversations being had and these decisions being made, who's going to react differently than you thought. Here's, here's one that, that Ryan will relate to. After the Georgia game and the Peach Bowl, everybody in the program was convinced that Kobe Bryant was not going to come back for an additional year. (coughs) True, Ryan? True. And then they had conversations with Kobe after the season, and Kobe was the one that said, unfinished business, I'm coming back. That caught everyone by surprise. Because everyone I had been talking to, for months, was under the assumption that when they had that conversation with Kobe, that Kobe was going to say, "I, you know, I've, I've been here for four years. I started for three. Like it's time for me to take that next step." And then they had the conversation, and the conversation was different than anybody expected because Kobe was the one they didn't have to talk him into coming back. Kobe just said, "I'm." I'm coming back. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. Like that was so, and then that like, the, I remember the day after I had a conversation with somebody and it was like, so you guys going to probably hit the portal um, at corner for somebody to go with, you know, to, to pair with sauce. And they were like, no, he's coming back. And I'm like, you just told me for two and a half months that the guy was leaving. What do you mean he's coming back? And they're like, well, we thought he was leaving. We went to his house. they sat down with his parents and with Kobe and we had the conversation. And he had already made pretty much made up his mind that he was coming back. So I don't want to speak on these conversations like I know what I expect to happen until the conversation happens. Because there's already been multiple examples of what everybody around the program thought was going to happen. And then the conversations happen and it's completely different than what was expected. So I I don't, you know, like John Newman could easily decide, you know what, like five years of college, I'm good. I've only got so many miles left on my knee. I'm going to go try to make some money. He could just as easily decide I was going to be an integral leadership part of this team this year and now i get to go play in the big 12 for a year and maybe potentially improve my stock like don't know don't have any idea which way that conversation is going to go landers we've talked about i think it comes down to something very simple can cincinnati pay him commiserate through nil what he was going to make if he goes and and has a professional season. If you can do that, I think there's a good chance you can get him to stay. If he's got an an opportunity to go play overseas for, you know, 50, 75% more than what you can get him in NIL, then he probably goes and makes that money. JD is the wild card, I think. Does he, does he want to come back and, and do a, a fifth year in his hometown after already being removed from the starting lineup in the middle of this year? Like, where does he see that equation? I, I don't know. I don't have any of these answers. Like, I, I think if I'm Odie with the improvement I showed at the end, end of the year, I'm like, hey, I'm to come back and and prove that I turned the corner. Micah, we don't know. Like Again, fifth year, there's going to be two new guys coming in. Does Micah once again plant his flag and say, this is my job until it's not? A lot of questions to be asked and answered in those conversations between those five guys. Um, Do I think they'll all five be back? No, that doesn't seem logical. Um, Do I think there's a chance of Two, three of them, four of them come back. I wouldn't rule without because you got to have those conversations. JQ Hardaway, what a surprise. That's, JQ felt like a really mature kid. And then all of a sudden he's upset because he played heavily on a really good team. Like he was a special teams guy on a really good team. He's, he's mad about that. I don't think anybody saw that coming. I didn't come here to play special teams. Well, you're a freshman, man. Like you came here to battle with Shep for that starting boundary corner spot, and Shep a, won the job.
1: On a team that just went to the college football playoffs, bro.
2: Yeah. On a guy that for a guy that backed up sauce for three years. Like Shep wasn't like a, a, a pushover. He was gonna have to play better than Shep in camp and win the job. And Shep, Shep won the job. Like, I think anybody that watched camp would say, JQ made a push. He made it difficult. But Shep won the job. Shep was the guy. And yes, Tom, business is business. All right.
1: In the portal era do you guys think your and Wes's job is going to involve putting up with people wanting to run half the team off every season? Or do you think this is unique to the current situation that you see with roster and fans?
2: You're going to have to deal with it every year.
1: People are fans and that's short for fanatics and people are crazy.
2: People think fandom, people think sports is a video game. So they think, well, I I played I played College Basketball 2013 on Sega and I ran half of my team off every year. Like, yeah, that's that's how video games work. Like that's how that's how the process works when you're not invested every day. Like the coaching staff is invested every day. They know we're going to have to get rid of this guy. We're going to have to keep this guy. Like, this guy's great for culture. This guy, not so much. Like, they're aware this guy's not going to play. He's on the back of our roster, and I don't see a way forward for him to get to the top of our roster. Um, But fans don't see it that way. They don't have all of that information. So it's not unique to Cincinnati. Everybody wants to take, The one or two examples, everybody wants to point to Iowa State. T.J. Otzelberger came in, got nine guys in the portal. They've had success. Well, if if Iowa State can do it, everybody can do it. Well, if everybody can do it, why hasn't everybody done it?
0: Exception, not the rule. I mean, like what? Like Indiana, UCLA, two teams that took zero transfers in this year. Um,
2: Damn it. Who's the other? There's another one that had a big story came out about it recently.
0: Last year was Purdue and Villanova, and they both had really great years.
2: It was Shaka. Uh, Marquette. Yeah,
0: Marquette. Marquette, Who's yeah. He's going to win the Big
2: East. They all and have. Shaka, Shaka, Shaka openly said, I saw how ridiculous the portal was and how much money was being thrown around. And how much chaos was happening in our sport? Mm-hmm. And I said, "No, nah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not doing the portal thing. We'll rock with what we got."
0: All, all and five are Yeah, all five are sophomores that were with the team last season. Some, some transferred in the year before that, but they're all holdovers from last season. Where <laughs> he could have tried to, you know, go above it, and
2: he could have tried to push them out. He could have, yeah, like, but he said, I, "I'm rocking with my guys." Yep. Um. JQ always being on BCJ and was watching, seemed like a diehard Bearcat. He left because he had a beef with Combs. No, he left because he didn't win the job. If you look at his, like, when he posted on social media, he was posting about, I didn't come here to play special teams. Well, if you were a grown-up about it, you would go back and look at the guys that played special teams their freshman year. Their names were Kobe Bryant, Derek Forrest, their names were Alec Pierce. Like, all of the guys, almost to a T. Sauce was on special teams before he had the break. And I think he was on special teams throughout the remainder of that season. Right, Ryan? Yep. Like, they all played significant, almost exclusive snaps on special teams their freshman year. And then their sophomore year, they became big time. If you don't have the patience for that, okay. And maybe it was a recruiting error where they kept telling him, like, you're going to come in and be the next sauce, which I don't think you tell anyone ever because sauces happened one kids time nowadays, at the University man. of Cincinnati. Yeah, but it's the adults too, Ryan. Yeah. You can't put in a kid's head, you're going to come in here and be the next sauce. And then not expect them to like believe that you sold it to them on the recruiting trail.
3: Yeah. So it's 50
2: 50. Like, I agree, the kids have to have a more reasonable understanding of like what college football is really like when you arrive on campus. Yeah. But also, if you're the coaches and you're telling a kid you're going to come in and be the next. Best player in the history of the program. Well, you got to expect some reality to hit when he's not. Because, back. like, they've been playing football at UC for a hundred years, longer. And there's only been one Ahmad Sauce Gardner that came in and, and did what he did.
1: Even, worse. To, even right, worse. Even worse. Even worse. Jake, went to Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. Talk.
0: It's a little little Peace Water Winery, little little Grateful Red, very tasty, very tasty Grateful Red.
1: All right. Uh, does beating SMU and winning one in the AAC Tourney qualify for a good season if it is accompanied by an NIT bid? That's twenty one and twelve plus the NIT run.
2: It, good is subjective like a you know it's Cincinnati a good season should be making the NCAA tournament but if you understand this roster and and the holes and limitations and what the injuries like how deeply those injuries infect uh, affected the depth not infected but affected the depth um i think it's acceptable like i think it's it's about aaron when we did the preseason stuff we were right in that 21 22 win range for both of us right around 12 wins in conference um which they're going to be able to if they beat smu they'll be at 11 uh and we know there are a couple games that they they should have won that they let get away we've discussed that ad nauseum i think it's in the range of what we thought this team would be preseason, but as always you get into the weeds And there's things that happen that you expect, things that happen that you don't expect. So, surprises. Yeah. So, um, I don't, if they beat SMU, win a game in the American tournament, they get to 21 wins. I think that's um, in the realm of reasonable expectation when the season started. Would you say that's fair?
1: Not above expectations or below expectations but
2: right at expectations overrated underrated properly rated <laughs> they're about where we thought they should be
1: all right anything to add there
0: Brent about your expectations I mean I I've always known Bearcat teams go to the NWA tournament but like Chad said this was kind of what the the vibe was heading into it so um, I'm not gonna they
2: also improved what 50 60 spots in the predictive metrics from when the season started
0: um I think they were 80 uh, what were they in the beginning of the year yeah uh, let's see here at the beginning of the year they were now nah, they, they they went down awesome huh? they you mean like their Ken
2: there's a bunch of different predictive well, metrics. ten
0: pounder, fifty-one is what I'm saying. Preseason? Preseason, yeah, fifty-one. Hel- healthy
1: That's John. Good. That's the uh, difference. Tournament <laughs> yeah. team. Told you, Ryan. This is your first year covering basketball as an analyst of sorts. Did they meet your expectations, exceed, or just? Uh, I.
3: I am saying they slightly underwhelmed me. I thought there were so many times for them to take that next step that I think they are capable of. I think Wes is capable of coaching the team to that. I think he, you know, he struggled to try to get a grip on this team himself just like I think the team struggled to find their own identi- <coughs> excuse me, identity just throughout the season and crunch time. Um I thought they were going to find a way to be right on that bubble if not in the tournament that was my expectation i just thought they were going to make a bigger leap this year i wasn't expecting them to be world beaters but just a little bit under of uh what i was expecting that's fair yeah. i agree ran
1: are any staff members assigned with scouting slash recruiting internationally do you see the staff ever tapping into europe or africa
2: Uh, Yes. Um, It's not a specific like this guy. They don't have like this is our European guy, which some staffs have. Uh, They do have, you know, you got to remember a lot of these like foreign nations now have basketball academies run by or with influence from guys connected to the American game because they do want that opportunity to come to the United States and play for their players. Um, Mike Roberts has a lot of those contacts. Chad Dollar has some of those contacts. Drew Adams has a lot of those contacts. Um, so I don't know that it's ever going to be like a, like a Gonzaga where they their primary focus or one of their main focuses is like international. But I know they have their eye on you know, the, the international events and they have connections through uh, a lot of those players internationally. Remember like one of the things about Vic that we've always heard is that the event Sean Dwyer was at scouting Vic West was there scouting European guys as well at the, I think it was the under the FIBA under 17s. So yeah, they, they have their eye on it for sure. Um, but I think it'll be more just a part of the process as opposed to we're all in on, we're going to have a team that's filled with, you know, one or two, uh, European guys a year or international guys a year. Both great markets right now though, to keep your toes in the water,
1: a lot of good basketball
2: being played in Europe and Africa.
1: Vic should just call some of his homies up.
2: <laughs> Things in Russia are a little. not a focus on basketball right now, and
1: it's not super easy know. to get people out of Russia. Here, uh, yeah. moving on.
2: They basically like I I kid about this, but they did basically have to smuggle uh, Vic into America <laughs> because of COVID <sighs> and the whole like they. It was not easy to get that young man from Russia from the border of Russia and Ukraine uh, into America in the dead in the teeth of COVID and everything that was going on at the time was not not an easy task. Or to get him back, like remember how we talked about like Wes got here and the first day he was on the job, he met with Vic for 15 minutes and Vic went back to Russia like right after, immediately after the meeting. It wasn't easy getting Vic back from Russia. With his visa and all of that like right now like especially a year and a half ago or whatever you know two years ago right we're coming up on it was april of 2021 april 2021 getting somebody back to america from russia on a student visa wasn't as easy as just like going to the airport and hopping on a plane Some All of that right. stuff's a lot more difficult than people realize.
1: And the last portion of the mailbag, bo- mail the uh,
2: mailbag, the the mail
1: mail, I was going to say mailbox and then caught myself. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the banks portion, rapid fire, hung over at Chuck E. Cheese on a Saturday or working with a bunch of UCF grads at a Best
2: Western. Chuck E.
0: Cheese.
2: Yep. Thousand times out of a thousand. I don't know. Yeah, Chuck E. Cheese.
0: I'll turn <laughs> on it. I'll figure out a way to watch game day or
1: something. I bet that, I bet <laughs> that, that Chuck E. Cheese pizza helped that hangover. I'll tell you what. I mean, Did that you Chuck see e. the conspiracy about the
0: chicken. Chuck E. Cheese pizza, though? No. 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 That they take like different Cry. pizzas and they put them together and then put it back in the oven to form them together.
2: What? So like if there's leftover pizzas at the table. Right. Right. They reset
0: Smart, them. Right. God, they're so smart. And then also, did you hear about I mean, about, if you
2: put them back in the oven that should burn off the germs, right? Ooh, yeah. Should.
0: Did it you will. hear about Pasquale's pizza? Pasquale Pizzeria. During the COVID shutdown, there was this random pizza company called Pasquale Pizzeria. Turns out what it was it was just Chuck E. Cheese serving their pizza yeah. through Pasquale. They were,
2: yeah, they were delivering because their pizza. Pasquale
0: is the drummer on Chuck E. Yeah. Cheese's band. Huh. Interesting.
2: The local pizza place where I grew up was named Pas- was Pasquale's. And they had the best steak cookies I've ever had. They're delicious. Yeah, All it's right. not a conspiracy, Brent. It's a business model. Like they <sighs> actually did that. Because... You couldn't go to Chuck E. Cheese and frolic with the uh, giant rat. Uh, so if they were going to survive, they had to sell pizza. So they they repackaged as Pasquale and then just, delivered just pizza Google out of it. Chuck E. Cheese's. Well, no. Yeah. No. no, he's right. It, it's not a conspiracy. It was their business model. No, they're talking their about their survival the, plan.
0: It's talking about the putting the two pizzas together, I think.
2: That was a conspiracy. But, I mean, as long as they put it back in the oven, I don't hate it. Yeah. Uh, Lubbock or Waco? Waco. Waco.
3: Waco as well.
2: Have you ever heard what it's like to get out of Lubbock? It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Can I tell you the funniest thing I've maybe seen in a month today? Maybe two months. You ever seen on TikTok like the, the two dogs that are talking back and forth to each other, like a dad dog and a like a, a kid dog and they're having a conversation back and forth with each other. And it's really just like comedy bits. I had that the, the, they're talking about Kermit the frog and the kid dog is like the, the dad dog says something about Kermit the frog sings and the kid dog is like Kermit the frog like sings songs. And he's like, yeah. And he goes through a couple of those songs and he says, it's not easy being green. That was Kermit the Frog. And he said, Dad, it wasn't hard for Kermit because he was green. And the dad says, what the fuck? What do you mean? And the kid was like, Dad, it was hard for Kermit the Frog because he's a frog trying to fuck a pig. (laughs) (laughs) And then they flip back to the dad and the, the dad dog is just completely stone faced and like utter silence for like three or four seconds. And they flip back to the kid dog and he goes, That's probably hard. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's I showed that to like eight nurses today. <laughs> and all of them <laughs> looked at me like, You're an absolute fucking idiot. Yeah. I was like, Yeah. Accurate. <laughs> and, and the one nurse, the nurse that's been there the longest, she's been there for like 48 years. She was like, now all I'm going to think about is what it would be like for a frog to fuck a pig.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say Lubbock uh, over Waco because of <laughs> <laughs> all, the, all the craziness that happened in Waco. <laughs>
2: yeah. Chip and Joanna Gaines live in Waco.
1: Yeah. Uh, like I said, all the craziness that happened <laughs> in Waco. Yeah. Uh, Would you rather be able to read people's minds or be able to speak and understand every language? I don't want
2: any part of reading people's minds. No, we've seen anything you want. No.
1: What's it called? What women want? I think what women want, yeah. Yeah.
2: I don't want any part of that. I don't want like knowing what I think all the time. (laughs) I have no interest in knowing what everybody else is thinking. Agreed. That's just something I think should be left untouched in the world. You don't know what people are going through. You don't know where they're at in their life. You don't know what's going on. Like, imagine you just jump into somebody's mind to like the fucked up thoughts that are going on. Nope. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. I do. I'm speaking every language on the planet.
1: How much responsibility would you feel as well to try and fix things once you, like, no? Nah,
2: fam. Nah, I don't want any of that. Ryan thinks he can change the world. He's still young. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you can one day at a time, Ryan. but uh, so, so I, I do a lot of business with with people that speak you know foreign languages and it, it is fascinating being in a room with people that are just talking a full conversation in a different language and you have just no clue what they're saying. Yeah so that that would be nice. But my question is if you're able to read someone's mind but you don't understand their language, are you reading their mind and they're speaking that language?
2: Yeah, I would think if you could read someone's mind, you're reading it in your own language.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: Like they're not speaking. Like all of our thoughts are the same. It's just the method of communication. Yeah. So I would assume if you could read someone's mind, you would read it clearly. Not like, hey, mamacita, hey, vos, tíos. And you're like, I don't know what, I don't know what she said.
1: Dios mío.
2: Like, I I don't know. (laughs) Like somebody's just.
1: My God. That's what that means.
2: I know with, like yes I know but if you don't speak the language and you're in their brain and they're just ram like that then reading minds doesn't do you any good.
0: I'm with Ryan on the reading minds. I'll take that.
3: Hell yeah Brent. Let's do it.
0: Uh
1: I've been told that I need to share this as well for, to make Chad laugh before we go further. I'm blaming Tonk for all of this. Um I can get it. Uh, I don't like
2: having. Don't uh,
1: this is this is the West Coast Conference tournament bracket.
2: Yeah, that's, the West Coast Conference tournament's really weird. It's crazy
1: that eight and nine play, and then the winner plays number five, and the winner plays number four, the winner plays number one. Seven and ten play. The winner plays number six. The winner plays number three.
0: The winner
2: plays number two. Yeah, it's just an exaggerated, like, death match essentially.
0: I mean, it's smart though because the the you're smaller schools you making sure your
2: better your yeah. better seeded teams
0: have a chance to get at to at another quality win yeah. or avoid a bad loss. So, I think the MAC did something like that too, where it's like you're the you're only playing other highly rated teams or. Good teams in the conference, this, and the other Chick side. Magnet.
2: That was kind of a like I did a little Spanish and a little Italian, and they kind of bled together, and it was terrible. And, you know, I'm fine with that.
1: All right. Uh, back to the questions at hand. Uh, follow-up question for Royer. Most underrated pasta dish.
3: Underrated. I have an answer. I, I feel like carbonara because no one like –
2: Ding, 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 carbonara, no, easy number one.
3: Yeah. I mean everyone everyone knows the, the spicy vodka. Everyone knows the uh, – Alfredo. Just, Alfredo. The yeah. yeah. And, Bolognese, yeah. the meatballs, carbonara. all that. Carbonara. But I mean no that some people boy. will say that's kind of like mainstream too.
2: No, it's not. Like you can rarely go to an
3: Italian place and order carbonara. The hardcore, the hardcore fuckers do, right? But that's what I'm saying.
2: Like most places you go, if they have carbonara, it's some like spin on carbonara. It's not carbonara. We fried up some pancetta or some guanciale. We took the grease and mixed it with some eggs and some parmesan and made a delicious sauce. And here, yeah. just here's your shit.
0: My, my, uh, my regular beautiful girlfriend carbonara. My beautiful girlfriend made made me some fantastic carbonara last night. My it was my birthday weekend, so she she really went all out for a Sunday night. So I enjoyed. Awesome. I enjoyed. I enjoyed happy Have carbonara.
2: Have you had carbonara?
0: Thank you, Ryan. You're the first of the group to tell me tell me happy birthday. Um, happy birthday I don't know.
1: That, I don't know that I've had. carbonara. <laughs>
0: you win. You win.
2: See. That just proves Ryan and I are right that the most underrated thing is carbonara, because like ding, you don't ding, even ding. you don't even really know what carbonara is, do you? Aaron? I had to Google it. Yeah. Does it sound delicious? He also it doesn't like steak, though. So, uh, the
3: black pepper, Chad. You like the black pepper in there? Oh yeah, like, it's such a great on top. Consumer.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you got to get the. I've got the. Uh, I went. I bought the. Uh, the the electronic yeah corn and and i've i've got a like a pink a pink himalayan sea salt in the one and then the like authentic high-end ground peppercorns in the other yes and you just turn them upside down and it grinds for you mm-hmm. without yep. having to like you know
3: yeah
2: highly to recommend some. highly recommend do we are we supposed to sing we're not saying we don't have to sing you happy birthday do we
0: no, nah, it already came and went. Happy
2: birthday <laughs> to Brent. Happy
1: birthday to Brent. Are you allowed to sing the happy birthday song, or is that trademarked? I don't
3: know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, there we, we go. The and the last,
2: the last question from... Named after Jerry Garcia's band. Happy birthday <laughs> to Brent. The Yay. last question from
1: the mailbag. Who is the best golfer between the current people on this podcast? Not me. I I'm not good.
3: I'm terrible. Because but... it looks
0: like I win by default.
2: <laughs> <laughs> are you it's guys gonna are, are you guys gonna play if if this happens?
0: Uh, PTP is already talking
2: about putting
1: together a, a team. Hmm. Are you gonna have Brent on your
2: team? Brent's wearing a Tiger Woods hat. Of course it was Brent. So, like you, <laughs> Jeff, Ed, and Brent?
1: Uh, me, Jeff, Ed, and, and we we're going to reach out to Clay and see if Clay wanted to join as well, our – Then it's
0: course. me, Royer, and two others. Get Let's your best, go. Get your best guys. Let's
2: do this. I'm guessing Royer some knows a couple, a couple good golfers.
3: I, I need one ringer oh, yeah. and one
0: drinker, Royer, okay?
3: All right. There we go. God, the guys on the team love freaking golf so much.
2: I know Josh was like, supposed to be pretty good. Dez was supposed to be decent.
3: Alex, really good. Ben's really yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, Bryce thinks he's so good, but he's he's decent.
2: We might need you to put a couple things well, together gonna, where we have guys back playing in other foursomes. I was going to say,
3: if if this all
1: goes to Cincy Reigns, is there any reason that some of your friends wouldn't come back?
2: Oh, no. Right. Like, so what we're doing, Ryan, I don't know if you've heard this or not, we are, we are in the works of putting together a scramble this summer uh, for Bearcat Journal, and the proceeds would all go to Cincy Reigns, so that, you know, NIL would go to guys throughout the program. Uh-huh. So, Sounds good.
3: I could work my magic on getting some guys
2: yeah some guys that used to be around some guys that are still around mm-hmm. some guys that maybe want to you know donate some things to a silent auction uh-huh. uh for the after party, some things like that but we're putting together like there's a shit ton of interest I knew there would be a good <sighs> level of interest we're already looking at like we might have to do multiple good because, you know, people want to, like, if you do a scramble, people want to bring their own foursome. Yes. Or at least yeah. not, like, at least have the ability to not just play with like four random people. No, I think so, you can do it on one day. I mean, the hard part would be, from what I've gathered, renting out like a really good course in the morning is almost impossible.
0: Yeah. Well, I, so I'm, I'm a, I'm a part of helping out with one that's like, goes every year and it's just huge and yeah it's just that just gotta get that early early window and normally they're pretty accessible if it's like for a good cause or whatnot and then you promote their course as well in the process so it's like a we're good at that helps out yeah so
2: i think we've got a guy that can help us in this process but he's in puerto rico right now he's a little bit busy Mm-hmm so, but Ryan, we are planning something for this summer that could be a big deal. We'll keep you going. All right.
0: He's, good. he's doing pretty well down in Puerto Rico too, I think.
2: I've heard he's having a good time today. Like we'll see, you know, you never know what tomorrow could bring, but he had a, a really good, good day today. It sounded like, uh, why does Aaron look like a roadie had a baby with a drunk Pete Sampras? Can't win them all. <laughs> that one's <laughs> that one's that's I, I haven't heard a Pete Sampras reference in a long time. Like we get a lot of Cheddar Bob, we get a lot of uh Fred Durst. That's the mailbag. I, Pete Sampras <laughs> came from I haven't I haven't heard Pete Sampras's name in maybe a decade. When's the last time anybody said Pete Sampras to you guys?
1: Don't know uh, who I'm it pretty, is. I'm, I'm pretty sure that Chick Magnet 007 is T Win under a new pseudonym. So
2: <laughs> just here trying to ruffle feathers. Yep. <laughs> That's what he does. It works. All right. Thanks what to everybody for out here, coming man? out. It was a good show. We had fun.
0: There we go. Uh one basketball game this week. Uh Sunday,
2: Tom Tom Sunday, 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 Sunday. Oh,
0: That's oh,
1: little- by the way. By the way, if you are going to place any bets for the AAC tournament coming up for uh, whatever the case may be, Brett, you got anything
2: this week?
0: Well, on my birthday, I bet on every single college basketball game, so that was fun. Uh, (laughs) 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 Well, uh, with every bet, there's there's a a drink tied in. I actually ended up pretty much even, surprisingly. I I said, Dave a lot. Pretty much even? Yeah, I, I was down like 125 bucks at the end of the day. That's not terrible, which is pretty good. Could pretty much even. And I lost a crap.
1: Considering
2: ton of, you drank 350 dollars in booze and bet on every single game,
0: everything. Saturday was full of like upsets and buzzer beaters. And I swear, every single buzzer beater was against me. Like Michigan State, I had them in a lot. Miami, Florida, I had them in a lot of parlays uh what was another um, one oh the the San Diego steak I, I mean it just goes on and on but hey you that's know what great it was fun it was fun and then the bearcats helped me out a little bit on Sunday so Tipper cap uh any bet I, I mean if if the if the SMU spread is anywhere around 10 then then take the bearcats I think they they come out and kind of went handily on on Sunday so um there you go but a lot of sports in between then. Still, uh, Combine coming up, spring practice a week away, and uh, aside from that, it's going to be another jam bear Bearcat week, but if there's nothing I, else...
2: I almost did a parlay tonight, which was uh, Oklahoma State and Iowa State, and I don't know what Iowa State's doing, they're uh, but I know Oklahoma State is getting smacked by Baylor. I know, Iowa State's Baylor. losing, yeah. Yeah, I looked at it and I was like, I just don't like Oklahoma State to beat Baylor. I don't care how many of Baylor's main guys are out. So that's betting responsibly. Like there was a boost on bet Betfred; it was tempting. I wanted to like explore it, but I didn't have like even with LJ Crier and uh, their other starting guard out. I was like, I just I don't I don't think Oklahoma State's going to beat Baylor, even and at Oklahoma finish-
1: State. To finish the read, use the promo code BEARCAT for your Bearcat Journal promotions while also supporting BCJ. Thanks for cutting me off.
2: <laughs> You're welcome. The
1: important part, the part that we get paid on.
2: I'm sorry, I looked over, like I, the game is on Baylor, Oklahoma State. I just blocked you out. I didn't hear a word you were saying. Just trying to get us paid, no big deal. Yeah, that's on me. That's fine. Thank you for being diligent and a wonderful employee. I appreciate your service. And I'm glad that I didn't bet that parlay uh, with Oklahoma State beating Baylor because I would have lost money. That's betting responsibly brought to you by the BBP. There you go. What's not betting responsibly is betting every game on the card because it's your birthday. (laughs) Don't do that. Hey, it's fine. What's not betting responsibly is losing. Over a hundred dollars and going, I, I broke even.
0: <laughs> you, should have, you should have seen the roller coaster ride I was on. That <laughs> oh me. my god! How'd
2: you do? I broke even. How much did you lose? Over a hundred dollars.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was it was wild. It was a wild. <laughs> but special thanks, as always, to Danco Transmission and Auto Care. Special thanks to Pet Fred. Special thanks to everyone. But for my guys, my pals, my my B. squads, supply. yeah, yeah, Quick Paper Supply as well. Big links to them. But for Aaron Smith, Chad, Brendan, and Ryan, Royer, I am Brent Young. You get another fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya.